I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Who's <laughs> the new guy on the list? Do 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 do. All right. Well, <laughs> we might as well start this thing. Start it. We're started. We're live. Oh Yellow. man, that Chris is Brewer. <laughs> How you feeling? I'm feeling it. All right. Feeling good. Feeling good. I'm feeling good. When you great? say it, all of it. What okay, is it? Good. Good. Every, every bit of it. The whole thing. The per- whole shebang. Perfect. I'm into it. Yeah. She bangs. She bangs. She bangs good. Who? Never mind. Man, I. Uh, Chris, no, you're Chris. Nick, okay, I got here. This I am. Out. I fucking, I'm getting this shit. You got it. We were going through a list of names recently, and your name has popped into my brain multiple times. But I dismiss you very quickly as a guest on the show. Fair enough. And it's kind of because you're here. It's right. like I can hit him up anytime I want, especially since you've moved here and it's just made it easy. And Chris, no, Nick, I'm gonna get here at this thing. This name <laughs> thing is fucking <laughs> badass. Yeah. Um, he mentioned. We, your, do we need name tags? But yes. We should have name tags. Let's go. And just like I'm a cow. Yeah. You're a cow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I always liked writing that on those I'm a, I'm a, or I'm name tags. And she's like, I'm a loser. Something like that. It's always fun. I'm going to get you a box of name tags. Ooh, it's going to be so I'm going to have a heyday. Love it. Especially because you're a cow. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, yes. Sorry, it didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, it. You were talking no. about Chris. I enjoyed that way I, That's Chris. <laughs> I enjoyed I'm that. Nick over here. Chris, yeah. Alex. Alex, Alex, I, is, Alex is a monitor. That, oh, my God. There's sexy, a face coming around uh, from the monitor now. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, he hides behind that thing. Um, Nick mentioned your name. I'm like, dude, I, I don't know why we haven't had you on. And uh, said and done, I think the timing's kind of nice because you're in a very evolutionary part of your skydiving career. Yeah. Again. Um, again. Yeah, man. It, if you stay at it long enough. Yeah. But uh, you can't talk about Texas skydiving and not talk about the Brewer family because... You grew up in the middle of nowhere. Is that fair? Quite literally, yeah. 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 Just yeah. cotton fields and desert. And skydivers. And skydivers. And, and oil. You grew up on the drop zone. 100%. West Tech skydiving, is that right? Skydive West Tech. Skydive West Tech. So it was West Tech Sky Sports. And then there was an, uh, like, my father and John Barry's father co owned it. And whenever they. He wanted out of it, so my dad bought him out and then rebranded to West Tech Sky Sports or Skydive West Tech. So it started at West Tech Sky Sports and then it switched to uh, Skydive West Tech. And you, you were a child during all of this, right? All of this. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up from literal weeks old in a crib with a fan blowing on me at the drop zone so my dad could run the drop zone and spend the time shooting videos and running it, doing static line progression. And then started packing at a younger age. So I was a packing weight whenever I was <laughs> could sit still. As long as I could sit still, he was like, cool, just sit right there. Don't move. So and John Barry was never a packing weight. John Barry was a packing weight, but he could never he sit not, still. He you was better not flick that as, thing quick. Yeah, he was not as, as like motivated as he, he could have been about it. He was just like, oh, I don't care. But <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of a funny thing, like an unmotivated packing weight. It's like, dude, you just got to sit there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've had John Barry on the show, right? Yes, he's done crickets, I think, twice now. He's been on the show, maybe. And you guys yes. were how old when, when you met? Birth. Like, 
I, I've known him literally my entire life. Th- their mothers giving birth, birth scissors so, in their so heads, <laughs> in the sense of crowning, like, like bam. He is technically a year older than I am, mm-hmm. but we shared yep. bottles. What's your first <laughs> memory of John Barry? If you had to dig way deep, he probably deep. suppressed that Man, one. Yeah, first memory of John Barry that I can remember. Oh goodness, we were just toddlers running around the drop zone together being obnoxious and in the way <laughs> do you th- i was gonna make a joke about him and being naked but okay, he's, he was always naked okay good. <laughs> yeah that's fun fact john barry's first language was spanish i don't know if he mentioned that Wait, when really he was on. yeah what i had no idea 100 percent. how his caretaker that she like their their house cleaning lady and mm-hmm. his daycare person was spanish speaking so she spoke to him only in Spanish, so he learned Spanish before he officially learned how to speak English. So you have, like, Mexican heritage, and John's the one who speaks Spanish. I don't know if he can still speak Spanish, but... Yeah, but you haven't. I Oh, no. You can order a burrito. I, I Very loosely. Well, I mean in Freebirds. Yeah, Freebirds, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Chipotle, I got Chipotle. that bitch Chipotle. covered. A burrito. I want, I want that there Chipotle burrito. Burritos. Chipotle or Freebirds right now? Which one? Freebirds, 100%. Thank you. 100%. It's the, the it's it's a I mean, it's it's become a harder question for me to answer. It used to be Chipotle 100. percent Yeah, because I feel like when you go to Freebirds, you go to your friend's mom's house, and everyone's high, and you happen <laughs> to make a burrito with what you found in the kitchen. Uh, see, I feel that about Chipotle. See, Chipotle is just so simple. It's so hard to mess it up. Is at it Chipotle though? because there are fewer options? I feel like it's the same it's, thing. Though. So, but then that's your fault, not the restaurant's fault. Exactly right. I have the ability to fuck it up at Freebirds, and I've done that. But through uh, having enough friends talk me into giving Freebirds another shot, I have discovered there is really great food at Freebirds. You really just have to like choose two or three things max to put on your burrito. Yeah, you can't go. You can't do just all get, of it. unless it's the goal is to be a fucked up burrito, and those are good. So what you should do. Food fact hack. Food <laughs> hack. is a great tangent. Is <laughs> Sorry. You, you order the bowl with the tortilla, and then you mm-hmm. get more food for your buck, and it's cheaper than ordering the burrito. It's a good move. Yeah. Mission Hills Burrito beats both of them. We, we Mission have Hills Mission Burrito. Hills. I've never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. Uh, Bart Stone Street. Uh, this was a conversation I had with him at some point, and he, that was his answer. So we went, and... Uh, I yeah, they're different. They're all different. Like I th- for different reasons, I would choose different ones said and done. But from the only, I think I yeah, the only experience I had there, I think I would choose it again. Like if I had to pick, if I had to like blink the other two out of existence, the other two weeks. I feel like the difference between Freebirds and Chipotle is like Pepsi versus Coke. It's still the same. It's very comparable, and you're probably gonna have your own preference just based on whichever one appeared in your life first. Yeah. I guess. And that's Chipotle for me. A Chipotle appeared in my life first, and Freebirds is the one that got me sold on that style of burrito. There you go. I'm wrong again. Yeah. So, hmm. I mean, it, it's, uh, I just think you have poor taste, and you need to accept that. That's fine. That's <laughs> totally fine. That's totally reasonable and completely possible. <clears throat> Man, I, uh, I I get caught off. I'm looking at, I'm staring at that jersey over your shoulder. We hung up recently, and it's just a really cool design, all the GM mama trees. It's so tiny. It's so tiny, man. It was from that little girl. What's that little girl's name? Maddie. 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 Yeah, man, That's what right. an annoying little... I'm so glad she moved away. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad she's gone. <laughs> I miss you, Maddie. She's, I hope you're doing well. She's passionate. Dude, they've been uh, they've been living a life in, in uh, Oregon. They've been having a good time. Maddie actually stays in touch and sends me messages and updates me. Uh, Mom does, too. Um, 
I get comments on my posts every now and then yeah. from them. I think Danielle's pissed that I told them waterfalls is the way to go and you have to go for all these hikes. And Maddie <laughs> sends me vi- videos and pictures of her mom covered in mud. Because that's all she wants to do now. <laughs> that's awesome. Man, uh, they're fun. Waterfalls, fuck TLC. Go chase waterfalls. <laughs> Bitches were wrong. Yes. Good singers, but they're wrong. Um, you were saying about well before we got on to <laughs> fucking Freebirds and Chipotle. It's because I didn't go to Chipotle before the podcast, uh, and that's like something I do ninety nine percent of the time. So I'm just still thinking so about it. Thinking about, but uh, we all know who John Barry is. I don't know if Alex knows him very well. I've gotten to know him pretty well. But, we uh, play D and D together. Yeah, but that's right. For people who don't know <laughs> John Barry, John Barry, how, how would you describe this person? Is a ADHD redheaded ginger who just cares not. About anything except for what he wants to do. And it, I love it. I definitely have had other friends who say, I don't give a fuck. But man, I don't think I've seen anyone own that <laughs> statement like John Barry. John Barry is, he owns it. Yeah. And he, he's just like, go, let, I, I don't care. Let's do it. What a great dude. He was the first person I ever jumped with at Spaceland. My very first jump there was chasing John Barry on a tandem. We were last out of the auto. We were super long. It was real cloudy. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> there was some stuff that nobody told me. Yeah. And uh we I landed off my very first jump there I landed at the church. Oh, nice. And uh I mean John Barry was cool as shit. And I think you had recently moved away because everyone said how sad John Barry was without you. Yeah. <laughs> and was. that like was he was horrible. he was happy to have a a new friend around. Well, that's awesome. Uh when when did you So yeah, I came in 2010. Mhm. And then I went to contract with the Air Force, maintaining planes, and I got That's him right. the job there right before I left because he was like, "Hey, can I get a? I'm gonna get my tandem ready and we'll do it." And I was like, "Let's do it." And so he got there right as I was leaving, and he's like, "Oh," and I was like, "Well, I'll be back." And then I came back in 2012, I think. Really, I feel like you were gone for longer than that. No, it was a year, just over a year. It was like a year and a month. For well, the contract. I, I don't want to skip over uh, this rich history between you and John Barry and you and, and, and West Texas skydiving. Yes. What's, uh, aside from being a toddler with John Barry, like when you think about being a kid at the drop zone, like what are the first things that start to come to your brain? Man, running around, just watching people hurt themselves a lot, <laughs> which is always fun. Oh, like, like on weather holds or like skydiving? Both. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like poor decision skydiving, but on weather holds because West Texas, if anybody's ever been to West Texas, is windy. Like 99% of the time, if you don't jump in 30 mile an hour winds, you don't jump. So we learned how to do that pretty fi- effectively. But when it was too windy to jump, usually like in the 40s, Fun fact, I've landed my velo backwards in winds before. 80, velo 84, like a, a 2.3 wing loading. Oh. So going backwards on that thing, that was interesting. But, yeah. <laughs> Nick so. looks unimpressed. <laughs> no, that's great. I'm just trying to imagine that visual. Because, I mean, flying a small parachute, it's like that almost seems impossible. You know, because the the I, we're probably a lot more responsible and aware of the wind speeds <laughs> in which we're jumping now than than you guys were then. Oh, the wild west! So it's like every visual I have of every parachute landing, I'm still going forward. You know, even when yeah. we even when that thirty mile an hour gust comes through, I'm still going forward because it's not that sustained thirty miles an hour. But uh, so I'm just trying to imagine that visual of uh, yeah, it's looking over yeah, the back looking of your, over shoulder. your shoulder. How crazy! And is watching that? the landing area come from behind. 
Did you land on the drop zone? Yeah. Nice. Right in the peas. <laughs> it was nailed it. A backwards accuracy is on point. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, one for one. <laughs> right? Was that the only time you landed uh, backwards yeah. on it? <laughs> yeah, I landed. I was like, instantly don't want to do that again. That was a terrible decision. <laughs> yeah, dude. That made a lot of those out there. Those Did you plan to jump in those winds? Like you got on the plane knowing the winds were there? So we knew the winds were supposed to be there when okay. we took off. They weren't hadn't showed up yet. Okay. But so you're trying to beat it. Me being the person that I am, when the plane takes off, I'm getting out. I don't care what the winds are doing or what the weather's doing. I don't like landing in the airplane. I'm not in control. I don't want any part of it. I've seen Rabbit land. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Or any of the pilots. But yeah, so I was just like they parked the car on the runway. The, luckily we had a new pilot, didn't know what that meant. So he's like, What does it mean? And it's like, well, it means don't go, but I'm getting out, so you can... <laughs> don't worry about me. I'll was take it, care of myself. What sort of airplane was it? 182. Okay. Yeah. So also... What yeah. else was on the load? There was just license jumpers. It wasn't... It okay. was just... I don't even remember who else was on that load. Back. Do you remember if anyone there. else got out? I think everyone else rode the plane down. Fuck yeah. Because I don't remember anybody that's, else being behind me. That's man shit and proof that it was a terrible idea. It was 100% <laughs> a terrible idea. I made so many of those terrible ideas growing up. And and it's it's amazes me how I'm still alive. But yeah, backwards landing in Man, the velo. I have that feeling a lot. Like learning or just spending so much time now at Spaceland and seeing what, you know, responsible decisions <laughs> look like and you know, just the amount of guidance and thought that's put into so many things yeah. that was not there when I learned. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, how do we make it this far? So a lot of my responsible decisions that I make now are based on the poor response, like non-responsible decisions I made in the past because I was a, a very eager young instructor slash skydiver who was just send it. I was a send it attitude kind of guy. I like to say I was a shithead. Yeah. Like that's just 100%. me. 100%. Because you know, you've heard some of the dumb stories we've done. Yeah. And so like it's just let's try it. Yeah. Why not? What was the worst that happened? We die? <laughs> okay. We're going to die eventually. So I've, I held that mentality for a long time until I stopped recovering so fast. And now I'm old-ish. And then uh, I don't recover near as fast. I rolled an ankle like a while back. Putting on a sock? No, I was landing. <laughs> okay. It was in Dallas. And the, the landing area out there is not the greatest. So just normal landing, rolled my ankle. I was like, ah, that sucks. And then six months later, I'm still dealing with a sore ankle and it's like man this would have taken like two weeks when i was younger i need to make smarter decisions so I'm how old are you now 35 i'll be 36 in october yeah things are starting to heal much slower yeah, so much slower yeah I noticed it it gets better it, it, you get to the point where like you, you start regenerating quicker no <laughs> no i like dude i weigh i'm lying to myself oh, yeah i'm just you enjoying gotta, the ride you just gotta enjoy it yeah, yeah. No, you just accept it and you deal with it and and uh, uh, Tiger Bomb really, it's a good guy. Tiger Bomb is <laughs> Biofreeze, Biofreeze spray, hundred yeah. percent. I, I rely on that. Heavily. All mine are like CBD. Uh, CBD works too. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if it's the menthol on the CBD or the CBD and the menthol that makes me feel good, but I like sniffing my fingers after. So it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it smells so good. It's it like it's like offensively strong, but like. Yeah, just one but of those smells I can't stop sniffing. Yeah, I like it. Uh, there might be a can sitting right next to Alex right now. <laughs> yeah, Ouch. there is. Yep. Yeah. Muscle rub. Yeah. Why is it sticky, though? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't say which muscle the rub. It smells kind of salty. It's not that menthol. <laughs> Russell rub. <laughs> That's actually uh, oh. Qantas, that stuff. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Norman Kent. Norman uh, Kent. What, yeah, is involved with. So I got some of that through him. It nice. twists. 
it twists. Oh, does it? Can it? May I? May Go I take for a it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can snort right, it all gonna, you want. You can rub take it. Take back here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. You want some? <laughs> I think it caught you a little bit at first because you were did, like, dude, yeah. I put my nose right in there too. I'm, I'm bad at like working up to stuff or like uh, you're supposed to waft some things. Yeah, oh, no. that's not just me, man. It's just I, I just septum. jump right into it. I've always wanted to try smelling salts too. I've never tried them. Oh, um, so bad. I tried them on the Joe Rogan podcast a while ago, and like it looked like they were playing it up. So no, it's you know what? Not, we should do it man, on this podcast. You're not playing which, it up at all. I want to. I want to shoot John Barry with a tear gas gun. Yeah, I think he would let That'd you. Be cool. yeah. I think he would, dude. I think he really I mean, would. He let his Does he wife truly not pepper spray him? Yeah, that footage resurfaced recently. It's on the it's on pepper spray. It's on the video on my computer I found yeah, on my on hard drive. I was just like, no way I found this. Yeah. And it's old school critter dumping milk on his face afterwards. It was hilarious. Yeah, who who maced him? Kristen did. Yeah. Kristen sprayed his, the mace. His now wife pepper sprayed him in the face. Hell yeah. Because he wanted to, she wanted to see if it worked, and he was like, "I'll let you pepper spray me in the face because I don't care." I got one of those burner launchers, and they shoot either pepper spray balls or tear gas pepper spray combo balls. And I want to try it. Don't do it to him, man. I love him. He's so nice. <laughs> but if he'd let me, do you think? Yeah, would, that doesn't matter. Do you think he would get a kick out of it though, or he's just willing to take the torture? I think there's a difference between those two things. I think he likes it. You think he likes it? I think he's in that case. It. You might be doing him a favor. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I think in, I think in part he's a pleaser, and he gets the satisfaction yeah. out of knowing that he gave us a good show. Yeah, probably. Like sure. the fact that he can bring the shock value, and that it doesn't matter to him. He's like, the pain this brings me is not as good as the joy it brings others and i really actually feel this way about yeah. john i believe I, I could i could agree with that yeah. yeah he's just there for the show man he is if none of us were entertained by the stupidest <laughs> shit that he does he wouldn't do it as much no yeah and i'm true. so happy we have him because we yeah. need him it, it hasn't changed yeah so he's great man i've seen him naked a lot yeah i've seen him make uh i don't know questionable decisions i think i would say like more he knows it's a bad decision. It's not questionable. Yeah. He's doing it for the what we're kind of the same reason that we're talking about. He enjoys uh, the entertainment that he provides to others. Yeah, but uh, man, what a kind person! What a great guy! He's a great guy. I love him. Love him to death. We're talking about John like he's fucking dead. Oh my god! Back in the day, I miss Come back to us, John. Yeah. Man, you were growing up on a DZ with John Barry. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Ivy just commented, tree houses and rope swings. Do tree, those, houses, uh, tree houses and rope swings. Man, we, Thanks, we built this awesome tree house in, on the drop zone. and it On the drop zone? Like, yeah, on the airport. Like That's it, pretty sick. So there's the tea the hangers, and then along the fent property line was a bunch of trees. And we had we built a tree house and we, a rope swing, and we would jump off of the tree house and swing on the rope swing around and pretend like we were swooping parachutes because we were too young to jump. So we're like, whenever I start jumping, this is how I'm going to land my parachute. And we would jump off of the treehouse and swing, a, did, carve the rope around the tree. Did you swing backwards just to get ready? A hundred percent. Blind man, <laughs> spinning around, <laughs> carving. It took a second. Dra <laughs> dragging my hand. <laughs> yeah. Took a second. Hell yeah. So how old were you guys at this time, roughly? Oh man, roughly. Let's see. This is like, she was just a baby. So yeah, she probably like is. 10, 11. Yeah. Man, that... I've heard a lot of Ivy's perspective on some of this stuff, just like some of the things that you put her through as uh, the older brother on the drop zone. Yes. That had to have been a cool role in your in your position. Like, hey, I know more than you, and this is how we're going to do things yep, today. 100%. <laughs> and when she started jumping, uh, I made some really poor decisions in her, <laughs> in her uh, student jumps and training. That was It was a lot of fun. Man, 
what what kind of traumatic life do you have being raised with John Barry and Chris Brewer as your brothers? Uh, it's amazing that Ivy is not like licking all the, the windows. windows in Manifest. <laughs> it's amazing yeah. that like she's not eating like the poor girl like and then as she grows up as an adult and just gets past that 16-year-old childhood, yep. they throw people like me in, into the And mix. then just makes it worse. Yeah. And uh, and now she has her one of her own. She <laughs> just gets to pass down all of this yeah. volume of information, too. She's it's got awesome. DQ and I absolutely torturing That's the hell amazing. out of her when you and John can't. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Your poor sister. Uh, wow. Takes it from all sides. But that that. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's horrible. Oh, wait a minute. You don't care. She does. Yeah, she's the one that cares. Yeah. You ever ask your friends what position do you think your parents were in when they had conceived you? I know the position my parents were in when they <laughs> conceived my sister. You I walked you in seen on it. it. 100%. I walked I in on it. Yeah. I love asking my friends that question because you'll see people actually stop and think out of curiosity. Like, I wonder. I wonder if that was hitting it from behind. <laughs> and then you see people just absolutely throw up in their own mouth. Yeah. Like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. And they, they hate it. So one of my favorite questions to ask a friend. Yeah. Have you ever wondered what position old David and Connie I mean, were? I've been thinking about it now. I'm so <laughs> surprised that you know both of my parents' names. That's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. I, you're shocked by that? Uh, I mean, only because you couldn't remember mine and Chris's name <laughs> several minutes ago. <laughs> you see us every day and we're sitting in the room with you. It has. <laughs> it's kind of fucking weird. It has to be about fucking. Yeah, it's got to be about the position <laughs> that they were in when they conceived you. Oh, I, I can amazing. tell you've thought about my parents fucking, which is flattering. <laughs> well, I've been meaning to tell you, son. <laughs> oh, oh, hell yeah. He's not dead after all. <laughs> hey, oh. Father's Day is going to be lit again. Oh. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, fuck a duck. I love it. I never knew my mom had the same uh, Asian persuasion that I do. It's cool. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're into Asians. That explains it. You're coming yeah, back to your roots. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. Uh, okay, hold on. So I did want to get back to West Texas. West Texas. <laughs> Desert. If, cotton if, fields. if I don't know West Texas... Let's pretend that I haven't lived in Texas for 10 years, right? and I still have no idea okay. where we're talking about when you say West Texas, because it's a giant fucking area. Yeah. Put it in perspective. So everybody is familiar with the shape of Texas. So I usually tell people where the panhandle comes down, and then it cuts over to El Paso, that corner is where mostly where I grew up, and that's cotton fields, oil, and wind. That's all that's out there. Flat as can be. So most people don't know where El Paso really is. So if you just think of Texas as Panhandle, yeah, and if it like if the Panhandle took a giant bow in the middle of the state to honor somebody in front of you, yeah, the butthole showing that's exactly Midland. that's Midland, and it's literally the butthole of Texas. Yeah, and, and I, I'm not saying that I am saying it as a joke, but not as a joke because you're the ones who taught me this. Yeah, it's 100 percent accurate. Yeah. And then you look on maps and go, oh my god. Yeah. So Midland, Odessa, Midland, Odessa. Okay. It used to be separate. It was Odessa, and more people knew where Odessa was than they knew where Midland was. Midland was where all the rich families were and, like, the upper-class people, so they didn't want to associate themselves with Odessa, and then they realized together the cities could be better, so they're like, yeah, it's Midland, Odessa now, and the rich people now they're the all people. just garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so when did your dad start jumping? That, so I've known Tom as... About as long as I've known you now. Yeah. But I, I don't know this about him. I wish he was here. But how, how long is, did he start jumping? So, let's see. He started jumping. 
man, I don't even remember the year. I know his his entry to the sport. His cousin was a skydiver, and and John Barry's dad was skydiving. So they're the ones that got my dad into skydiving. And he was at an air show, and they were doing they were raffling off a free a free skydive at the the local club parachute club. Convinced him to enter in the raffle. And then he was like, nah, I don't want to hear you can have the dollar or whatever it was for the raffle. I don't want to, I don't want to do it, whatever. And that night he got home and they're like, you won the raffle because it was hundred percent rigged. <laughs> <laughs> and so he came out and did his first static line. He went through the ground school, did his first static line. I think on his like second or third jump, it was time for him to do his practice pull. And he accidentally pulled the belly reserve handle instead of the ripcord <laughs> handle. And he said he felt the line slap in between his legs. And when he looked down, it like yanked him around. And then he had two parachutes out because it was still static line on the main. And then he pulled the reserve, oh, shit. <laughs> ate it, hit the ground really hard on his back. And John's dad was like, that boy will never make another skydive in his life. And he stuck with it. He's been jumping for the most part ever since. How many jumps does Tom have? He says he's only got like 4,000, but he's been saying only like 4,000 for like the last 20 years. So it's probably closer to like 7,000. Yeah. And at some point, people just don't always count or keep track, especially in back. the older generation. Yeah. It's just, it wasn't yeah. important back in the day. Yeah. Also, we didn't have like such easy technology to log with. And yeah. It's getting better and better. So. Yeah. It's crazy. <coughs> it is neat to uh, be able to witness a first for someone who's been in the sport as long as your dad has. Mm-hmm. When was his first tandem? Uh, it was when I took him on his tandem. That was his very first tandem. And it took years of trying to convince him to go because he was like, I ain't doing no tandem. I'm not, I'm not going to strap myself to another person. Is this when Ivy jumped as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a whole family jump. And it was, it was probably the greatest skydive I've ever been on. Uh, yeah. How did it develop? Like, where did the idea start this time? So it started with just him simply never doing a tandem. And he's, he learned the static line progression. So he, he videoed thousands of tandems as, as the videographer. So he, like, was, he knows all, knew all about it. But I tried to convince him to do a tandem with me, I don't know, forever ago, it seems like. And he swore up and down, I'm never doing a tandem. And then my sister just kind of as good as she is at nagging <laughs> consistently <laughs> just like chewed on it for a long time and Did finally convinced him, <laughs> finally convinced him that it, it could be a good idea and then she was like if you do a tandem then i can do a tandem we can go on the same plane together and it'll be really fun and he was like all right yeah i'll do it and so when he actually agreed we were like we're, this is we have to do this tomorrow because you'll change your mind and it ended up working out, and it was one of his favorite jumps, according to him. You guys all had a really genuine smile. Oh, it was the greatest. I was so so stoked to be ch- taking my dad on a tandem because he swore up and down that he would never do it, and it was probably the coolest moment ever. How much did he do on the front? Did he just go along for the ride, or did he skydive and you were just the AAD? Basically, I mean, I ended up. He didn't pull the parachute. He was having too much fun. So I was like, I'm like, okay. what does he what have it? too much fun? You just don't pull that high when. Well, that's true. Got, like, that's true. He, he's used to pulling it like two five. And you pulled it break off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he's like, what? Well, Scott, over, Scott over. What are you talking about? I still got like 4,000 feet to go. <laughs> yeah. 
Man, it's it's got to be cool. Under Canopy, how much did he help with the... Did he fly with you much? Did he just hang out? So I let him fly for the most part the entire time up until the landing. And he's like, all right, you're, you take control. I don't want to do it anymore. So I was like, okay, whatever. But yeah, it was it was really fun. What a cool experience. I, I always wanted to take my dad on a tandem and, and he has his reasons why he won't do it medically. Um, he would agree with me that I, I think we could do it safely and not trigger any issues. He suffers from an ear issue that creates severe, a severe mm. vertigo. But as long as we don't flip out of the plane, he should be good to go. Right. Um, I, I feel comfortable that we can make that happen the right way, but he just never wanted to risk it. And, and nor do I want to risk it with him. And that's, like my most favorite, most memorable skydive is taking my sister. That that family mm-hmm. connection, right? Yeah. But to take your dad, especially the dude who got you into skydiving. Yeah, yeah the the one that taught me how to skydive. How awkward was having was it having a boner with your dad on the front of you? Because <laughs> <laughs> you had to be like full hard. I had to like tape it down. It was pretty pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Scot- <laughs> Scotch tape, I'm sure. Yeah, of course, it's not 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 the heavy duty tape. It's just the light tape. Can confirm. I was there when he taped it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man you guys are roommates you're more than roommates uh, yep we're family mm. we're, we're family yeah it was it was really cool getting to participate in that jump too just like shooting the video i could feel that uh that family energy just from the outside looking in man it was it was a really cool experience yeah, was, on my side of things so so excited ridiculously excited so when was your first jump first second jump. generation scott ever my first jump I really wish it was earlier than what it what it was, but it was Mother's Day, two thousand one. I was fourteen years old. Got to start early, and then whenever I finally jumped, I was like, "Why didn't I start this?" Because I had the opportunity when I was like nine. They were like, "Let's do, it. let's take you on a tandem," and I was like, "No way, this is too scary. I'm never doing that." And then I got to where I would like start gearing up, and I would put the harness on and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go do this," and then. Last minute, be like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then started doing that so periodically that it was just like it became. All right, I'm gonna do it. And then my dad was like, Yeah, okay. And then finally, Mother's Day, I was like, All right, let's do this. And by then, I was like the boy who cried wolf. So he was just like, Yeah, okay, whatever. Here we go again. Got harnessed up. Started walking to the plane. Got in the airplane. Plane started taxiing. And then he. I don't think he really realized that I wasn't going to back out until the plane took off. And I was just like, this is it. We're going to do this. And he was like, he's actually going to go through with this. And it was from then on, I was just like, man, I should have started when I was nine because I would be so much further along than what I am right now. Do you remember your feelings as a 14-year-old? Yes. Because I see for like when there's a 14-year-old kid hanging out with the family at the drop zone. I think of like man he doesn't that person doesn't have the emotional experience of how crazy life is to yeah. put the experience of skydiving into the appropriate context. But you I grew would, up around it. Right, growing up around it, I feel like I had an unfair advantage with with the sport. Like most 14-year-old kids even if they know what skydiving is, they don't really know what skydiving is, so they have don't really have an idea of what to expect and wouldn't be able to enter into it as efficiently as I did but I feel like growing up into it and starting from literal birth and watching all of the goods and bads of the sport it's like okay I know I know what not to do based on other people's mistakes already so I actually landed a parachute before I ever jumped out of an airplane because of redneck parasailing 
<laughs> Trucks Please and tow ropes. elaborate. Trucks. Yeah. <laughs> so we took a 300 foot climbing rope and tied it to the bumper of the truck, and then we would tie it to the chest strap of our Jesus. gear and drive the truck down the runway and pick ourselves up at the extent of the rope. You say Jesus like you've never done this or tried this? No, I've definitely never done this. I've seen the, the redneck videos where they do stuff like uh, this. It was the greatest ever. So watching them do this, that one guy who, Chad, the, this poor guy, he was trying to steer this giant student parachute as if you were steering a smaller high-performance parachute. So he was just lightly pulling on the toggles, trying to get it to go somewhere it wasn't going. And it just arced into the dirt and he ate it so hard and i wish i could find the video for it because <laughs> the squeal that he made right before he hit the ground had me rolling but we we're like you gotta pull on the toggle to get it to stay above your above your head it's a parachute it still operates as a parachute and i wanted to try it but there wasn't really a whole lot of wind so my dad was like well i'll just pull the truck a little bit forward slow enough just to get you off the ground and then we'll hover you down the runway and i was like all right cool wait how old are you oh man i was probably 12 can maybe. you imagine rolling up to the drop zone and there's a 12 year old attached to a truck rolling down the runway and like yeah he's just gonna <laughs> fucking he's just gonna fly it a little bit everything's gonna be fine yeah this year old me would probably turn around and leave 23 year old me who got into the sport would like pull up and like sign up to be well, next let's, let's do it <laughs> yeah so i'm just i'm like all right so i put the rig on attach the rope he goes and gets in the truck and he starts to pull forward and i don't just gently come up off the ground i skyrocket all the way up the length of that rope above the truck <laughs> and start passing the truck <laughs> and so he's in full-on parent panic mode at this point because he didn't mean for that to happen and it, he's like i don't know what to do other than just drive the truck and leave the rope slack so that it, i don't like because his fear was i was going to get to the end of the rope and then just nose dive into the ground <laughs> and then he also doesn't want to run you over and, when yeah, you land. Exactly. So he just like <laughs> kept the truck in front of me, but there was no tension on the rope, and I was just flying the parachute, landing the parachute at that point. So I landed it, flared the parachute, and had a nice soft landing. And he was like, you've got no reason to not skydive. Now you did the hardest part. You landed a parachute. So, And I think that was the boost of confidence that led me to actually being okay with jumping. But yeah, that was... I think back on that, and I was like, man, I would never let my child at 14 do that. You couldn't talk <laughs> me into doing that now. If you grabbed the exact parachute that you had and the, you know all of the same stuff, and you're like, yo, let's do it. But no, man, yeah. I'm good. I'm straight. Oh, I'm good. We did stuff like that all the time. Just creepers and round parachutes down the runway. So many road rashes. It was, it's amazing. So uh, just because we've talked about John a few times, did he start skydiving about the same time as you? So we, we, we created a pact growing up that if one of us started jumping, the other one had to start jumping. That was the rule. And I started jumping, so he was like, damn it, the weekend after he started jumping. Nice. Because we were a weekend operation. We didn't operate during the week, but... Did he always get your sloppy seconds? Always. <laughs> no, sometimes I got I got his sloppy seconds. My yeah, my my ex was his sloppy seconds. That was my ex-wife. Uh, <laughs> skydiving. I feel like he did that on purpose because I started skydiving first and he didn't he wasn't ready. And so he was like, "Hey, yo, come meet this girl." And I was just like, "Oh, this is a terrible idea." <laughs> yeah. Let me give you this one. 
Um, Jesus Christ, you made me lose track of my thoughts, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I just completely side rail my brain. <laughs> oh, uh, fourteen year old. So you've done a skydive at the age of fourteen. Yeah. You've been in the position uh, of working with your dad running a DZ, so you kind of thought in that aspect. You've worked on a lot of DZs in different capacities. Do you think, what, what's your thoughts on letting people under the age of 18 making a tandem skydive? So I don't think there's an issue with it. I, I understand why it's not a thing in the States anymore because our nation is so so happy and just like you yeah. stub a toe and their million dollar lawsuit is so stupid. But as far as like the safety aspect of it, it's not, we, we, we pride ourselves on how safe we are in the sport and how much safer it is than everything else that we do in everyday life that there's not really an issue. So the argument people make is a 16-year-old or a 14-year-old or what age does a person understand the consequences of the actions truly? Right. So back to it, you have a unique perspective for sure. So um, one thing I do like USPA does is they do grant waivers for, uh, you don't you won't see it for tandems because UPT won't. Right but they do grant waivers for people getting their license who grew up. Like, hey, we have a 16-year-old daughter. She grew up in the sport. Everybody's in the sport. The DZ, everybody's for it. Yeah. Um, but, like, in general, do you think people should be outside the legality bullshit United States of lawyers? I think if... I think there, you should have the option to be able to. If if the child or the kid is has an aptitude for it, like obviously, there's there's people that don't have the aptitude to do this sport. There's grown adults that don't have the aptitude for skydiving. We like to be inclusive and be like, yeah, everybody can skydive, but that's not <clears throat> true. That's not accurate. And it's as as inclusive as we need to be as a society. There's death dangers that people don't have the aptitude to function, and whenever they get put into a situation and they lock up, that's that's their life on the line. And I don't like playing with people's lives, so definitely think that as a younger adult or child that there are kids that shouldn't because they're just not there but there are more than enough that are there and like excited and that race dirt bikes and all that stuff from the age of three that would have no issues with it bomb down mountains on snowboards that would kill me yeah so yeah. i mean the bunny hill would kill me so let's be fair <laughs> let's be real yeah nick i'm curious what your feelings are you know again the legalities we can't get through that, but what's your thought of kids being able to jump? I don't know. That I think Chris puts it pretty well that there's a big diversity in people and what, you know, people's understanding of consequences and people's... Like, I, I honestly think that uh, taking a six-year-old on a skydive is just a waste because at six years old, like, how do you put anything into perspective to, to value that experience for what it is? Um, but, you know, 18, I don't know. It seems like uh, there are plenty of people before the age of 18 that could uh, could understand it to some degree. I mean, I don't know. Me at 18, did I really understand death and consequences? I don't I don't know. Yeah. I was a smart kid and but still that's just a, it's a hard thing to put into into a real perspective. So, I think if you just made me get like, you want me to make up a, a number that I think is, is more appropriate? Is no, that, I'm just curious of your thoughts in general. Yeah, this I think it's perfect. a mix, but I mean, I, I don't think everybody's ready to be an adult at 18. I don't think everybody's ready to drink at 21. I don't think everybody's ready to join the military at that age. I don't think people are ready to make decisions about who they want to sleep with at, at that age. Right. But only because there are, you know, when you put a, an age limitation, I think you're trying to protect people from consequences. Yeah. 
but uh, consequences are part of life. You gotta we thin the herd out. <laughs> <laughs> if that was true, John Barry would have died years yeah, ago. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, survival of the fittest. Working the working in the tunnel, and because I I ran the a lot of the kids clubs in the, when I was working for iFly, and watching the the children develop in the flight skills versus trying to coach and train an adult. Man, the kids got it so much faster, and they progressed so much more efficiently because they had no no life experience to hold to and reference to whenever they're trying to learn something new. It was all new to them, so they just received the information. Meaning like they weren't as good at holding themselves back as right. an adult would be? Yeah, so it was like when you told them to do something, they did what you told them to do because they didn't. there was no fear of consequence. <laughs> okay, yeah. So... More often than not, whenever I was like, hey, this is what you're going to do. This is how you do it. Don't do it this way because you're going to smoke the wall. They were like, cool. And they would do it exactly how I told them to do it, and they wouldn't smoke the wall. When you told an adult the same thing, hey, this is how you do it. Don't do it this way. You're going to smoke the glass. They were like, well, smoke the glass. And they would just every single time just (laughs) brain right into the glass. It's like, why? You did what I told you not to do. And it's because we have those life lessons that we revert back to to hold on to to try to save ourselves and we end up not doing what we're trying to do because we were reserved and kids don't have the reserve that reservation they're just like send it i don't care so it's nice how you'll work for the tunnel for how long uh, like five years you started I st- at the woodlands so it's technically yeah i was hired on for the woodlands location but it wasn't built yet so I, I interviewed in Austin, worked, trade, did all my training in Austin, and then I worked at Memorial while we were building the Woodlands, then helped open the Woodlands, worked at the Woodlands, and then transferred to San Antonio, helped build and open that one, and worked there, and then worked in the Dallas. So did the Royal Caribbean Cruise Line training the their instructors and stuff, too. That was the a lot of fun. Ripcord, right? Yeah, Ripcord by iFly on Royal Caribbean. Dude, so you worked on the ship at some point. You were on cruises with it. Yeah. How would how would most of the tunnel instructors there react if somebody walked up like me, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm, I've, I've got a bunch of tunnel time. I'm not looking for anything special, but I would like to just basically fly as high as you'll let me on my belly and just check out the scenery. I'm. I'm not. I. They can get me there all they want. Yeah. Are they gonna let me fly and just do what I kind of want to do as long as I do? So most of the guys that I was working with, which most of I don't think any of them work there anymore, but when I was working on the cruise line, most of the guys were real excited anytime somebody came up with experience because they're also being becoming instructors and they they need the the sign offs of coaching certain flight uh, skills and stuff. So anytime they would have people, they're like, hey, I'm a skydiver. I, you know, I've, I've done tunnel time. A lot of the times they're like, yeah, come back after hours. We need somebody to coach anyways. And you, they would let them fly in the tunnel as much as they wanted because they needed that experience in coaching. I, uh, Man, that would be really hard for me because I go on a cruise ship not to worry about skydiving. Yeah. Like come back after hours and just fly a little bit like... I got 10 minutes. Yeah, because Royal <laughs> didn't care. They're like, we don't care how long you run the tunnel because it's all generated yeah, with generate the, the generation generators. And so they're like, who cares how much power is being used? So just like fly as much as you want. And, uh, I, I fly. Are you taking notes? Man, yeah, <laughs> 100%. Don't care. But yeah, it's just it was like crazy because we would spend a day of taking first timers and then still like another like additional 14 hours of flying in, of, through the night. I was just, I got so much time built up from just flying you, in the tunnel. You guys were fun flying at night? Tra- training. 
<laughs> yeah. okay. fun, fun flying, yeah. Got it. So Training, we, wink, we were, wink, nudge, nudge. As, that as, smile when you said it. <laughs> as an iFly trainer, I was there training their instructors to be instructors and level their instructors. Because the goal for Royal Caribbean was to level their own instructors so that they could get to trainer level so they could train in-house. But that just never happens because the the turnover turnover on it, yeah, thank you, is just, it's insane. So it was hard to keep instructors going to where they could reach the trainer level. You have like two super high turnover industries combined in one. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was nice for us as iFly trainers because we could we spent a month on the cruise ship seeing the world and flying unlimited flight time. What's the coolest place you saw on the boat? Man, I would say, oof, that's, that's a tough one because I really liked Korea and I really liked uh, Bermuda. Both of those places were real, real pretty. What? East Korea? South Korea. What, yeah. what did you like about it? The The environment there, the culture there was awesome. Like just walking through the fish markets and just the markets in general is just ins- the, the culture shock is awesome. Yeah, it's no, like, no offense, Asian people. But, uh, man, thinking about being in an Asian country, like where I can't even recognize the characters that compose the language, mm-hmm. man, I, that, just the thought of that makes me feel so lost. I got lost in China whenever I flew over there to, to get on the cruise ship, to meet the cruise ship, because I flew into Shanghai, got on the train from the airport, no English anywhere, and I was just like, I don't know where I'm at. I, I think I'm supposed to go this way. And got on the train. It stopped at one station, and I was just sit there, sat there because I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. And this lady was like waving me off of the train. I was like, I, I, I think I'm supposed to stay on here. And so I trusted the complete stranger and got off of the train. And then it went back where we were coming from, and I was completely lost. I was like, I don't, I'm completely lost. I don't know where I'm going. And so luckily, this lady, little old lady. Didn't speak any, any English. Was just like guiding me. Like I don't, I don't know how she knew where I was going, but she got me to the right place. Do you think she actually existed, or was this like a spirit animal guiding you through? <laughs> you know, honestly, because I didn't get to communicate with this lady, I was like, this is a total guardian angel situation right now because I'm so lost. She's gonna go harvest your organs. That or, or you're gonna be safe. That was my that was my fear whenever I got picked up from the hotel to get Ubered to the port. Black SUV shows up. No labels, no markings, just a black SUV. I'm like, there's no Uber. This, this is the end of Chris. This <laughs> doesn't say, I don't know where I'm going. I'm in the back of this SUV, and this guy's just like talking in Chinese. I was just like, I don't know I don't know where I'm at. I'm taking pictures and just in case I have to jump out of this car <laughs> and remember how to get back to where I started. So, yeah, it was, it was terrifying. Oh my God! You really did take those pictures, didn't you? Hundred percent. That's such a good idea, though. Like, if you think you're getting kidnapped or something, yeah, I'm gonna find my way back. Man, you thought about this kidnapping shit before, uh, haven't uh, you? Yeah, uh, you know, I spent some time in Afghanistan. You, you think about those things. Oh, I thought you were actually kidnapping people, and you're trying to. No, oh, okay. I can't afford that shit. I, I would, wouldn't fare well in prison. <laughs> I'm too pretty. Your mouth is pretty. <laughs> so you were in the Air Force. I contracted for the Air Force. It, it was, you had military experience before that? I was in the Navy. Okay. Yeah. What did you do for them? I was an engine man, gas turbine mechanic, basically. Diesel mechanic. Do you feel like, I guess, a lot of that translated to what you did for the Navy? Um, s- Sort of, yeah. Here, well, press pause. Take me to how does your military career take you to Afghanistan? So it kind of doesn't. So I, I joined the Navy because 
I, well, so okay, starting from the beginning. For the bell bottoms. <clears throat> yeah. I really wanted those dress blues. They were so sexy. No. Um, I did all my pre-entry stuff, training stuff for the Marines because my then brother-in-law was in the Marines and he talked me into joining. John Barry was joining the Navy. So I was like, well, I'll join the Marines so that I can one-up John Barry because the Marines is way cooler than the Navy, right? Everyone knows that unless you're in the Navy and then you're like, the Marines is just our bastard child. But so I did all my pre-entry stuff training for the Marines, all of it with other Marines. They went and played football with those guys. They, you know, kept me going. And then the day that I was going to sign my contract, I walked into the Navy office and I was like, I'm joining the Navy because I don't feel like getting shot at. Joined the Navy, went to boot camp, had a lot of fun. Not really, but I romanticized the fun parts of it. And then got out, was going through school and stuff to train for my, my job. Ended up hurting my knee. Got My knee got the size of like a grapefruit. It was just this massive swollen knee I don't know just overnight had medical issues with it forever and then finally the doctors were like you you're useless to the Navy you can't walk <laughs> up and down stairs so we're gonna just let you go so I got medical separation from the Navy and didn't know what to do with my life because at this time I was just like I don't know I'm that was my plan was the, the military life so I could retire in 20 years so my dad was like, go to school, be an A&P, because we need an A&P to fix our plane for the drop zone, and I don't want to pay a mechanic anymore. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. That's, that's easy. So I went to school, got my A&P. Which stands for? Airframe and power plant. Great. Certificate, yeah. So work on air, airplane engines and airframes and stuff. So I am a licensed aviation maintenance technician. That is by trade. Um, didn't do that too much off the start I, I tried like building experience because it's, I ran into that classic loop of you can't work here unless you have experience but you can't get experience unless you work here situation mm -hmm. so I bounced around to a whole bunch of different companies trying to build experience so that I could work somewhere and make decent money started working for Spaceland as an instructor and then finally a buddy of mine was in the Air Force at the time in Clovis, New Mexico, and he's like, hey, there's this really cool company that's hiring A&Ps. They need somebody now. I can hand them your resume. So I gave him my resume. He handed it in. This was in 2010. I had my skydiving accident in 2010 where I ate the dirt really hard after a turn. And so, like... I couldn't walk for two weeks after my skydiving accident. And like a week after my accidents, when I got a call saying, hey, they wanted to set up an interview for this job. And I was like, oh, I got to pretend to be okay for this job interview. <laughs> You're still pretending <laughs> but, to be okay. Yeah, I'm still recovering <laughs> from that damn thing. But yeah, so I'm like, all right, cool. Can we set it up for like in a week? Let's give myself some more time to heal up. And so they're like, yeah, sure. So I had like two weeks gone by and I was just starting to get to where I could walk semi-normal again. And went in for my interview, walked in there with the gimp walk of, I'm okay, I'm not broken. And they're like, can you pass a physical? And I was like, does it have to be like this week? And they're like, no, 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 just if we hire you. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine by then. But ended up getting the job. So I was like, cool, I'm going to work on airplanes for the military. This is going to be a lot of fun. I got to see a lot of places of the world I don't ever want to go back. <laughs> yeah. Was... So why not still do the A&P thing? I enjoy it but not as much as I enjoy jumping out of the planes. So, like, I always looked at it as, like, if 
I ever got to where I couldn't skydive anymore, I would use that as like a fallback because I can be 80 years old and, and turn wrenches. It's not a difficult job. But I don't enjoy it enough to do it as a day-to-day job. Is it something you're still holding on to? Yeah. Is that, is that backup plan? Yeah, that's that's kind of <clears throat> still been my backup plan. It's just it's something that never expires. Obviously, I still have to take like keep up with the technology and and monitor what's going on and tinker here and there so that I can stay current with the manuals. But yeah, so that's a reminder. If you see Chris Brewer at a drop zone and there's an airplane airplane problem, go grab him. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you ever that. tinker with any of the uh, planes with Spaceland? Do you ever tinker with any of the AMPs there? So. Sort of. Not not hands-on, but I've definitely given my recommendation on things. Most of the time, I feel like it just kind of goes out the window, but every now and then... Really? I, I don't feel like that's true. I feel like you usually bring good input when there's a thing happening. So I feel like I do too, but like sometimes it, I just don't feel like it's received well. You know, I feel like a lot of the times when there is an airplane issue that it's uh, <clears throat> a lot of people come to offer their two cents. Yeah. And sometimes... Uh, you know, if there are multiple people putting it in, most things are going to get discarded if, yeah. uh, if everyone has a, d- a different opinion. But, uh, you know, I I tend to forget that you have the skill set because I see you doing the thing that you like to do, which is jumping out of airplanes. Right, yeah. And then when uh, there's all of a sudden a flat tire on the runway and you show up, it's like, oh, what's this asshole? <laughs> oh, yeah, he, know, he knows about I, this stuff. I, I kind of have an idea of how to fix things, yeah. Yeah, so I think... Uh, I, I wouldn't consider you someone whose opinion is is disregarded in, in that I've, sense. I've hung out with a lot of the mechanics in the past, even while they're working on planes, and I've seen somebody give advice, and they're not dismissed or blown off, but they're taken in and like, well, we're going to do what we're doing right now, and then when they get done, that advice might be something they take in the future or, yeah. or use. Like I've seen it get. I've also seen half of it get tossed the fuck out. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, laugh them as they walk out. But I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if your advice rests and at least makes some jog thoughts and stuff. You actually aren't as dumb as your sister. I just hide Rude. it a lot better. I remember one thing that was just, that was received well. <clears throat> Do you remember like the first couple of weekends that you wore those shorts, the short shorts? <laughs> yes. And we had some kind of small thing with a caravan, and there was people. We were in the loading area, and you went out there to fix it. Yeah. Dude, everybody was talking about those shorts. <laughs> George Sunday, man. George yeah. Sunday. You we do were it. making jokes. We're like, that's the that's the new head mechanic. Uh, you have to have shorter shorts than him to like one up him and get the authority. And the oh, thighs. That's yeah. awesome. You got tree trunks it. for thighs. I know. You I mean, got beautiful fucking legs. Thank you. Yeah. I, like, I think I, I appreciate that. I like that you show them off. I, I try to show them off as often as I can. Do you know what's funny? When I think about your legs, another thing I think about, and because Aaron just texted me and I filmed her dancing today, when you and Aaron were dancing, dude, doing that TikTok <laughs> shit, that was hilarious to me. Yeah. You guys should, if you had, I'm not on TikTok, but if you and Aaron had a TikTok channel that was just you guys dancing all the time, I'd do it. <laughs> nice. That's how good that is. I love it. Yeah. And you you start dancing in those in those short Short shorts. shorts. Believe that. Subscribe right Subscribe. now. Subscribe. How's your, uh, aren't you like tapping away from social media a lot? Man, I sure am on it less and uh, having fewer excuses to be looking at it is helpful because it's like, it's easier to remind myself that it's a waste of time. You know, there uh, are 
unfortunately really helpful things about Facebook, especially when it comes to hiring new people, um, hiring locally for ground crew and for the office and then uh, Skydive Jobs and you know just the Skydiving community as a whole that's, that's present on Facebook. I wish those tools weren't so helpful, but they are. And that's yeah. really like the last thing that's uh, that's got me going. Go back to the yellow pages. For real. <laughs> Get that phone book. Man, I like to think I'm... I'm fairly well disconnected from social media but my life is so evolved around it with different jobs now that i'm always on it for work so when i'm on it for work i just don't process i'm on social media but like dude i i'll, I'll sit there in between doing things like oh i gotta check all the messages for <laughs> you ever like message a company or a business and wonder what kind of jackass in his pajamas is answering 100%. you but only because i've now been that jackass. yeah yeah you 100 percent get it man and and it's it's yeah, so I I look at it all the time. So I still don't quite know if I've given up tons of social media. I think it's the easiest judges if you see my uh, my personal post. That's how active I'm on social media. Just lack thereof. Yeah, I, mean, I <laughs> dude, I post I post like you know every two months. Is that about right? I'm on I'm on an unhealthy amount. Yeah, about every two months, and it's usually a picture of a beach or a drink or something fun. Yeah, so. But what helps you to to break through your social media threshold? What do you? Oh, dude, it's work, and as soon as I cannot look at it for work, I'm super happy about that. Um, I will say TikTok has turned into my like Facebook though. Like, really? God, I TikTok, TikTok is so much. It's so addictive. It's so easy to just you you kill like an hour just scrolling. But I I find I only get on TikTok maybe once a day. I'll get on it for a short time before I go to bed or something, and then I'm done and. I try to stay off. Like, dude, that's crazy. But, dude, one of those monitors sits up with social media on it the entire day. You're, a, gr- not covering you're it. a grown up. <laughs> Get off of TikTok. What are you doing? Yeah. Dude, TikTok is gold. It's man. crazy, dude. That's crazy. It's entertaining as fuck. I'm dude. so glad it's never got me. You're done. It's Have you seen Bailey the Tourette's gal? Yeah, yes. You're done. You're done. <laughs> Wind it up. You're done. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know. Fuck. I man. don't need to know. <laughs> no. Man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. It, dude, it just it makes me laugh. There's a lot of stuff on there that just it gut makes me gut laugh, and I'm just like I'm sharing this with everyone yeah. I know. I pre- I pretty much skip everything until it's funny as fuck. Yeah, I think uh, or Warzone, Joe yeah. Rogan, just to reference the, their podcast. Uh, Never heard of them. Didn't they read the terms of service for TikTok recently? Oh, the privacy on, thing on the is show? just ridiculous. Yeah, that's, yeah, I don't spying on all of us. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. so is every other social media platform and oh, cell well, phone provider. I guess. But they're just being honest about it. Yeah, they're but if just they're being honest whatever. up front, what what else are they sneaking that Who they're cares? not talking about? Yolo. I don't know, man. I what don't are they like gonna it. What are they gonna take from me? I don't know. They can take my identity. Good luck. They Did know you? I like skinny nerdy chicks, yeah. video games, D and D, and shit that makes me laugh. Yeah. Dude, Kate, uh, Kelsey Cook, the chick who plays foosball and mm-hmm. is a comedian. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. She's pretty funny. She she makes me laugh. I do worry more and more. About the influence that uh, China and Russia have over uh, just people who are on the internet, fuck you, Putin. But that some of the division in America might be a very calculated thing from those countries playing parts intentionally. Hundred percent. China's TikTok is completely different from America. Yeah, it's TikTok. all educational. And there's uh-huh. a curfew, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's like they reward like 
education yeah, they're, and they're skills. Try, they're trying to te- turn us into a bunch of idiots. U.S. TikTok that, is they give a fuck about dances, pronouns, and, and not about their blue hair, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, but not about like real freedom and genuine rights. Right, exactly. That's Who needs rights whenever you have TikTok? Yeah, apparently. TikTok taught me that I was born as a he, him, but I identify according to Kraft Macaroni and Cheese as a family of four. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what I've learned. I mean, yeah, it's it's worth it. Now, I <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> Fuck it. Put my mind in a prison. Uh, but as long as I can scroll to the next video, just zombified. I, I get about twenty minutes of good fucking laughter and go to bed. There's some stupid shit. There's on a there, lot man. of stupid stuff on there, and people breaking breaking fucking cameras, breaking screens. Oh, man, yeah, Warzone video games. It is just throwing controllers. Yeah, <laughs> that's me on a regular. Wait, so playing Call of Duty, if you kill somebody, you hear one second of their mic after you kill them. Hot mics. Oh, because you're hearing their celebration. Or their frustration. Fucking piece of shit! Yeah. Oh, you're Fucking hearing some, some racist eight-year-olds. Oh. oh, man. Racism on Call of Duty is legit. Oh, dude. Like, if, yeah. And we've all sucked fat dicks, apparently. A hundred percent. And yeah, our moms are, are this is the biggest sluts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a good buddy I, I play with and we intentionally go and do the trolliest things that piss people off. Like, Ryan oh, right. Ryan Shields and Shotguns. Ryan Shields, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Whatever we know is going to piss somebody off when we're bored <laughs> and we're going to go get cussed out the entire afternoon because we think it's hilarious Ugh. to hear somebody break their controller it's through so the toxic. fucking mic. You'll hear it. If you do this enough, it's ridiculous. It's so toxic. That sounds terrible. It is terrible. I mean, I bet it's really entertaining. But <laughs> it is. It is. It's a lot of fun. It, I bet it does not bring out the best in people. It's fun doing that to people. It's not fun having it done to you, though. Hmm, interesting. Like when you're trying to have fun in the game and it's that just toxicity like a life going on, yeah. it's just man. like, man. How toxic are we talking, though? Like Modern Warfare 2, Xbox Live lobby toxic? Or is that like quite not at that level? Well, you only get one second. Yeah, you only you, get that hot mic. True. Until the end of the game. And yeah. Then, and then, but most people don't stick around that long. The end of the like, game it yeah. was that level of toxic. Yeah. yeah. Before you used to not be able to quit out before oh. the like the game quits, they show the cutscene and then the mics all go open. Yeah. yeah. You cannot quit before mics open. Yeah, so you don't hear it as often. Yeah. Mm. So I see. Yeah. But dude, it's 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 the shit I've heard and from twelve uh, year olds. <laughs> and from grown men, man. Yeah. It, it's Apparently, I am every race, sexuality, and gender that I've ever imagined in my life, dude. I am fluid, according to like hot mics. Yep. There's videos called rage, uh, rage videos that streamers post on their YouTube's of just uh, ten minutes of them listening to Deathcoms. Because they're hilarious. It's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> the doof doof in fucking prison, dude. Yeah. I'm I'm 100 sold. I imagine if you mix those with the uh, videos of people throwing their controllers at the TV and breaking the TV, oh man, just back and forth. I bet you, I bet you that's watchable content. Oh yeah, 100. percent In the last two years, I'm positive. I don't. I've only uh, heard it twice, but I'm positive twice I've heard somebody break a controller or at least try to break a controller. It's it gets you mean bucking. throw it and break it or are they just like you hear no it, like you they're hear trying it to slam whether it's they threw it slam on the desk like, yeah you yeah. just hear it a lot of people play at a desk and you just on a it. on a desktop computer yeah okay yeah I, or just at a desk period with with a PC with a uh, console console and a controller yeah yeah smaller monitors and proximity sitting closer is much better response and reaction time so you know the opposite of what our parents told us to do as kids don't sit so close to the TV yeah that's not what we're doing we're like. Right but but are you playing with a like a PlayStation controller or with a keyboard and mouse? It's 
Both. Mix. I use controller. I'm 100% controller. I don't like keyboard and mouse. I'm not good. I don't have the dexterity but, and coordination but for But you it. could be playing against someone who's on a keyboard? Correct. Yeah. They have an unfair advantage. I have no idea why I'm asking these questions. This is so fucking boring to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always shocked that you're asking so many questions, man. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm just having the conversation now. And I'm sorry to anyone with no interest in yeah. gaming that's like, why the fuck? Yeah. Why are we talking <laughs> we, about we've had, I, I know we've had this conversation, but what controller are you using? I have the <laughs> Na- Nacon controller. Okay. Yeah, it has the buttons on the back so that I can yeah. map them to whatever so I don't have to move my thumbs. You've got to try the newest scuffs, dude. Like check it out before you leave. All yeah, right. yeah they're think. they're super nice, super super nice. Um, sorry, Nick. Scuff is tough, bro. Scuff is so uh, tough, dude. And well, some of the older scuff was garbage, man. Like the back paddles <laughs> See, were so easy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like one of the things <laughs> I sent out fucking back paddles on that printer to fucking friends. It's just uh-huh. horrible. Um, no, but the new scuffs are tough. The old ones not so much. So you boo you boo that. Um, so. You started skydiving. We've kind of gone back and forth in the story, but yeah. you started working in the sport somewhere around 2010. When did you get your coach rating? No, so I got my coach rating. I got my coach rating and my my Tandem. static line rating okay. in 2009. Okay. So I officially have been instructing since 2009. Unofficially, I've been instructing for a lot longer than that. And I know you did your tandem rating in 2010 just because I recently looked yes. it up. Yeah. And uh, those were still the very early days. That was uh, 2008 is when I actually founded TRC. I'd been right. an examiner prior. Um, but I mean, like you're you're for me, you're like super, super early roots. And yeah. It's cool because uh, I'm embarrassed for this next statement. But so is John Barry. Yep. Man, you know, we all have to make mistakes somewhere. And uh, Brent is his father, right? Mm-hmm. Um, see, I know I know your parents' names. Your, your fucking names. Good luck with that shit, yeah. fucking Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be Nancy. It's cool. Not offended. <laughs> okay, Barbara. Um, you ever watch Scrubs? Dr. Cox calls homeboy a different girl name every time. No. I, I never watched it. Man, it's got... I know some Scrubs. It's got second Becky Sitting in, in a room man. with him. <laughs> second Hanging Becky's up the passenger hot. side. That was the best one's right. <laughs> They are trying to holler at me. Yeah. So yeah, Brent. Brent was a an examiner for Strong, and got and gave and gave John his. <laughs> I'm going to use that word loosely. Gave John his tandem rating. There's a there's a story behind that. I feel like I did more of the training for John Barry to get his tandem rating through Strong than his dad did. Just leave it at that. Man, I honestly in in. It wasn't that long ago that you guys got your rating, if we look at the grand scheme of life. Right. But it was far enough back that it was at the tail end of that was common. Most people got their training more from the practical people around them than they got from their examiners. And it was just a common way things were done, right yeah. or wrong. I'm not, but so it, it happened. Um, that's why I started doing what I was doing, because I thought it was time for that next generation to do something different. Right. And I really hope and pray, and I believe the generation behind me is going to do even better, although some of them make me scratch my head and say, no, thank you. Um, Chris Pugala. <laughs> <laughs> but 2010, you came in, you, you did your tandem rain, and you ended up staying here, right? Yeah, for, for a I while. stayed here. Yeah, I stayed. Well, I, I left. I got my rating in 2010, and then I went and did the contract with the Air Force for the year of 2011, and then I came back in 2012. And I stayed until 2014, whenever I went full-time with iFly and uh, did the rounds with them and then came back. 
At some point, you worked in at Spaceland Dallas. Yep. Um, I think you worked part-time at San Marcos, but you never really worked there much. So I worked at San Marcos before Spaceland owned it. Okay. So I was a packer for San Marcos in 2003 to 2005. Okay. And Phil and Deb owned it. And uh, then the California guys came in and bought it from them and came in with a mentality of, I don't care what you have with these groups of people, we're bringing in our own people, so... Around that time, I got hospitalized for myocarditis. So I was just like, well, I'm just not going to go back and work there then. For what? Myocarditis, infection of the heart. So my heart. Basically, I was having a heart attack at 18. It was crazy. I was the youngest person on the hospital floor. They, whenever I showed up, they were like, you're either on heavy amounts of cocaine or you're having a heart attack. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not doing cocaine. So I must be having a heart attack. And they're like, you're 18. You're not having a heart attack. And I was like... Well, I know I didn't do cocaine, so one of us is lying, and I know what I did. So <laughs> it's on, y'all, motherfucker. So they rushed me to the man. You gotta, you gotta tell me more about that. How, yeah. how does an eighteen-year-old? Yeah. So I don't really know how it happened. From their explanation of it, they said it was probably like a sinus infection that settled in the chest and then just infected my heart. Oh, and, and then your heart was sneezing because it had a sinus infection. My heart was infected and not working. And so I started hallucinating and I was in bed and there was somebody standing in my doorway and I'm like, hey, I need some water. Can you go get me some water? And they just stood there and I was like, bro, I'm thirsty. I'm really not feeling good. I need some water. And then they left. And I was like, what a bitch. Why are you going to give me no water? And then the next thing I know, my parents are coming in the room and they're like, what's going on? And I was like, I just asked one of you guys to get me water. And they're like, no, you didn't ask any of us. We were in bed and we just heard you moaning and making noises. So we came in here and I was like, oh, well, there was somebody standing in my door and I asked them for water and they just walked away and didn't give me anything. Are you sure it wasn't an alien? There was nobody there. So I was talking to a shadow figure of something. I don't know what it was, but they didn't get me water. So whoever that (laughs) shadow figure is can eat a dick. I'm just saying. And so the next morning, my parents take me to the hospital, and they're like, "Yeah, you, you're you're dying. You need to go to have a. We need to put a camera in your heart, see what's going on." And, and nothing. What they didn't find anything besides. Yeah, just your heart's infected. We don't know what's going on. Here's some antibiotics for your heart here's attack. Some, You'll be good to go. Here's some Coreg, and find come to find out, Coreg causes memory loss. So, I luckily, didn't take it like the doctor prescribed. What's Coreg? It was a. Um, Pill to help with heart stuff. I don't even remember. <laughs> Memory loss. <laughs> <laughs> took enough of it, I guess. Take it. <laughs> you thought you didn't uh, take the pill. Yeah, so something like that. I don't know. You got that's where the COVID started. Yeah, exactly. So we have and before that, was it before that or after that? Memory loss. Memory loss. Before that had appendectomy. My appendix ruptured, didn't know it was ruptured, and it had been ruptured for like three days. Jesus, how how does that feel? This is a worry of mine so, that I like. I'm an idiot, and when my body yeah. hurts, I just go, "Yep, that's happening." Well, let's just keep going. So I, apparently, I don't agree with this because I feel like I'm a pansy when it comes to pain. But apparently, I have a high sense tolerance of pain because I went to the doctor. I was having stomach issues. So okay, to preface this, me and my friend decided to drink all the liquor out of my parents' liquor cabinet, like we had their approval. But so we were like, let's wait. How old are you? This is like high school. I was probably 17. Okay, going hard. So I'm like, let's empty it. Let's see how let's see if we can empty it. So we finish off most of what was in there. And it was not 
it was it was a weird night. But <laughs> yeah, so there are frag. It's broken. It's pieces. It's fragments. Uh, I remember he was like, "I need to go home," and I was like, "You're gonna, you can't go home. You're gonna be in trouble. You have to stay here." And he's like, "No, nah, I need to go home." And then he disappeared. And then I'm on the couch. My mom's giving me a sandwich, and I'm like, "I don't want it. I don't want a sandwich." And she's like, "You need to eat something." So I'm I I remember like holding the sandwich and looking up at the ceiling. And then I'm in the bathroom throwing up a sandwich in the tub, poking the sandwich down the drain with a screwdriver. <laughs> like, I don't know why. The toilet's right here. I don't know why I didn't throw up in the toilet, but I'm like in the tub throwing up, poking it down with a screwdriver. And I'm like, where's Daniel at? And it, my mom's like, he went home. And I was like, he can't go home. I'm going to get in trouble. His mom's going to get mad. So I ran to his apartment. Like, I remember re- leaving my apartment door and then arriving at his apartment door, like the gap between there, I don't remember. How long is that supposed to take? It, uh, maybe like five minutes of running. Okay. So this is from one side of an apartment complex to the other. So I show up knocking on the door and he answers his door in his boxers. And I'm like, bro, where are your pants? And he's like, I don't know. I'm at home. <laughs> and I was like, you got to come back to my house. You're going to get me in trouble with your mom. And he's like, but I'm already home. Why don't I just go to bed? And she will never know. And I was like, but I don't want to get in trouble. And he's like, but I'm already home. So I'll just go to bed and she won't know. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I leave his apartment and then it blacks out and I show up at my apartment again. Don't remember what happened between there. And then the next thing I know, I'm like in bed, just sleeping and I wake up with a stomach ache and I'm like, wow, that was a bad mis- that was a bad decision. I don't ever want to do that again. Stomach ache all day. Tell my parents, I'm like, I got a stomach ache. Something's going on. I don't feel right. And they're like, well, we'll make you an appointment tomorrow for to, to go to the doctor and see what's going on. So wait the day, go to the, the doctor the next day. They do like the scan sonogram thing on my they had me drink some dye and they're like, Your appendix is ruptured, you need to go to the ER right now. And I was like, Okay. So my parents drove me to the hospital, walk into the ER, and they're like, your appendix isn't ruptured. You wouldn't be walking around, so it's fine. Just sit down. So I sit in the ER lobby for like another four hours, just chilling, like, my stomach really hurts. I feel like I'm going to die. And they're like, you're fine. Just shut up. And then so <laughs> finally the doctor shows up, and they're like, so we're going to go in, make three little incisions, and it'll be fine. We'll go and suck your, your appendix out. It's not ruptured because you wouldn't be walking around. I was like, okay. I fall asleep on the operating table and then wake up in the recovery room with hoses and tubes hanging (laughs) out of me. And I was like, what happened to three little incisions? What's going on? And the doctor's like, so... Don't file your malpractice suit just yet. (laughs) It was a little worse than we thought. When we got in there with the camera, it had been ruptured. And so if you would have waited another 30 minutes to an hour, you would have died because it was already infecting everything. They had to like scrape out all the infection it was brutal. So, man, what I got to know is what the fuck does it take in your house for Tom to take you to an ER? Death, almost. The <laughs> my son's having a death. heart attack and an appendix yeah. attack. Oh, my <laughs> son's hallucinating. I should probably make him a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Yo, yo, tomorrow morning, we'll get to yeah. it. But we're going to stop by Walgreens first because I got to pick up some uh, Milky Ways. Yeah, we got to go to Whataburger for breakfast. And then. <laughs> the honey butter chicken biscuit. That's oh, legit. I mean, it's like, Delicious. I'm not a big Whataburger fan. I like Whataburger. It's not bad. Yeah. But I'm not going to go Whataburger. But the honey butter chicken biscuit, Whataburger. Yeah. I figured it out. Put honey on anything. Have you not delicious. had that? I've still never been to Whataburger. Oh, 
Not once. We still haven't done our stuff your face pizza run. <sighs> you want him? I um pizza is delicious. I will never not turn down pizza. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Never, never turn. I will never turn down. And end of September. Um, sure. End of September. Sure. I uh, yeah. You have anything going on? that's gonna fuck that up. No, no. I in October. I'm totally wrecked, but I'm good. I'm good in September. Well, well you see, we're talking about September. You gonna do a sacrifice September? You gonna do a sober September? You gonna do a sober October? What you got? What are you doing? October, uh, October. I'm gonna survive. Um, I'm gonna survive well and have a good time. But I'm not, I'm not gonna make any commitments to do anything uh, sacrifice wise. Um, September, man. I, you know, I haven't thought about it. I really haven't. As a matter of fact, it snuck up. What the fuck day yeah, is it? I'm going. I'm going to nationals September. I leave the 31st. <sighs> yeah, I saw you put some dates on the calendar. Yeah, I leave at like 7:30 in the morning on the 31st, and I get back on the 7th. Man, I guess I need to start fasting again as part of it. I need to start eating more responsibly. And, and for me, fasting is is the discipline of... of it's, it's actually instilling the discipline, not necessarily the diet. So when I get done fasting, I can eat reasonable time frames and reasonable paces. Hmm. Because after I haven't fasted in a while, suddenly I eat from like the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, which, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, That's, I mean... That sounds like my diet. I, I need to put a little plan together. But I'm, I want to do something. I'm not going to go crazy this year. But I need, I need to get focused. So we'll see. I'm going to focus on the foods that I'm eating. Make sure that I watch it as I eat it. <laughs> do you have a plan already? You Are go. you doing something? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe? That doesn't, maybe. Sound like a, that doesn't sound like a maybe. That sounds like you do and you're not, and you're not talking. You're hiding it. What's the secret yeah. to be sexy Nick Lott? Uh, self-loathing. Self-loathing. <laughs> self-loathing. <laughs> I was going to say self-hatred, but loathing sounds <laughs> like a word I can tolerate for longer. Uh, de- just, dedication to, to working out. I don't have morning. the dedication to be zero body fit. I have. I, I like my like 28% body fat. That's good, man. Whatever you got going is looking good. Yeah. As long as you keep those thighs. I think that's the only the thing thighs that matters. It's genetics. I do nothing for those. <laughs> I don't lift. I don't that's do anything. That's the best kind of muscle, man. Well, I say I don't lift. I lift a lot of people out of an airplane. Yeah, That's, those are my squats. And those nice strong legs. Yeah. Kevin Craig wants to know what comps you're competing in at nationals. Swoop nationals. So I'm doing the the just the basic distance, accuracy, and speed speed rounds. Three jumps each, I believe. Yeah. And then I got to do a couple. I have to do a couple of practice jumps when I get there. That's mandatory for the location. Mm. Where's it? I at? need them. Uh, Skydive Midwest, hey Wisconsin. Yo. So you, when you first said I have to, you were mocking it in the fact that. They require at least one one practice jump on the pond. But yeah, you were mocking it because you want like twenty. I need like seventy million because I got a brand new parachute and I got like ten jumps on this brand new parachute and I'm going to competition. How early are you going to be there? So I'll be there two days before the competition starts. Like, I'm there for the the training days basically. Okay, and you're there for the both full two days. You show up the night before, or do you show up? The I show day? up like midday on the first training day. Okay, so and you have a day and a half. I'll have the day and a half. Yeah. So I'm going to try to do, my budget is four training jumps because I'm broke. But Can you make six? I didn't ask about your budget. Can you I make mean, six? Uh, yeah, I mean, if I can pack fast enough. I don't know how how many loads they'll be sending on those days. But but would that be good training still? I, I yeah, don't I think, think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. for six. Yeah. We'll make it work. We'll okay. make it work. Um, I, it's, it's cool to watch. I mean, it kind of brings me a, a little bit into something I, I do want to share a segue I want to push on. 
is you've been an instructor, you've grown up on a drop zone, and, and so many of us have gotten into this sport to live a lifestyle that we don't live. As a full-time videographer, as a full-time instructor, I didn't live quite the dream that I wanted to live out, and, and I'm blessed to find a second career in the sport that's kind of let me do that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I think you're finding that groove as well. I mean, you've been an instructor now for 12 years. Officially. Ofi- yeah, officially. And you've worked on a DZ for how old are you? 35. 35 years. So let, let's say legitimately 25 years. I say, I tell people 27 because I started packing when I was like six years old. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, so you're, so you've, you've worked quite a long time. You've put quite a bit of repetition and licks in and you feel like it's time to start transitioning more to coaching. Yeah. Um, I'm super stoked. I'm super honored because you and I've talked about this a, a good bit and, and we're going to work together. Gravity Lab, I think more people who listen to the show know that we're doing more than just the show. Yeah. Uh, Gravity Lab Free Fly uh, coaching or Gravity Lab Free Fly is actually you two idiots, the other idiots sitting. Hi. Hi, How Alex. you doing? Alex, thank you. We I got another name. Wait, do you know my parents' names? I don't <laughs> actually know. I we'll don't. talk about that later. I don't. Um, <laughs> Uh, the most interesting man in the world, and I know you call Katie mommy, so I, that's where I'm going. This is, this is, yeah, or any kind of form of mom. But yeah. anyway, Gravity Labs. Yeah, Gravity Labs, yeah. Uh, Gravity and then Labs also project. you're doing the canopy coaching as well with, with a company. Right. And it seems like things are starting to pick up and move. Yeah, I, I, I'm liking the direction it's going currently. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to get into the coaching more full time. Yeah, so I I, uh, I I would be lying if I didn't say I wanted to talk a lot about your history. Because um, I did want to hear the history, but I also thought it was a good setup because I want people to understand what we're trying to do and where we're trying to come from. Um, back to it, man, you're, you're some of my roots for the company. You're where I cut some of our teeth. You're the very beginning. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I can think of certain formal standards that came up through dealing with you and John Barry and not for any specific reasons. You guys were that early that I was still developing the, the business model that we run. Yeah. And and uh, it's been a homegrown. It's been a it's it's been a long grind, dude. Yeah, it's it's a you know the company is now what's that doing math? Fourteen years old. Um, yeah, it'll be fourteen years old this October, and uh, I've been examiner seventeen years or something like that, or was. Um, and it's it's taken my time to get here, and I'm super happy to be here. And, and you're doing the same thing. You're taking that slow evo- evolution. You're taking that so slow grind. Um, and we're doing the same with with the coaching. You know, I, yeah. I I really would love to be able to promise somebody I could get coaching right away. But it's about building that base, building that foundation, and and really working for for the people. Yeah, it's I, I want to make a living, so I charge for my coaching. I really do. But ultimately, if you've ever got coaching from me under Canopy or anything else, you know, I truly, legitimately am interested in sharing that learning experience. Yeah, it's just it, I enjoy the sharing the knowledge, but I. As much as I want to do that for free, I can't afford to. So, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pay bills. So, if you had, so if you had your choice, what would you coach more, canopy, free fall? I enjoy free the free fly coaching. I enjoy free fall coaching a lot. I really enjoy canopy coaching, but I feel like the people that are wanting the level of canopy coaching that I enjoy teaching aren't there, they're and limited. it's hard to tell them that they're not there because how do you tell somebody that they don't have they're not ready for certain information. It's really a difficult discussion to have, but at the same time, it's like, I want to teach you to keep you safe, but I don't want you doing the things I teach you because I don't want you to hurt yourself. 
So it's it's kind of a man. So I coin I, toss. I found over a lot of time. It took me a while to figure out how to say it, and it became more obvious after the fact. But you know, you've got a hundred jumps, and you tell me you want to swoop. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. As long as we do it in a reasonable time frame. Um, and they and they've told me reasonable expectations that that's what they want. Hey, look at here when you're flaring. I want you to start thinking more about your posture, more about yeah. when you're changing this, and this is how it's going to affect a swoop. When you're setting up your pattern, you're going to have to be this perfect in your pattern to get a good turn. Yeah, the hardest part about swooping is getting to the right place at the right altitude. Consistency. It, if yeah. you can get to that, the turn's not that hard compared to getting to the right place. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it really became easy for me to, to feed them along the way. Um, and then also take them further quicker. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to work with this guy at a young pace, but a guy named Troy Fallon has done decent for himself. I don't know if you recognize his name. Sounds familiar. Taken under Kurt's wing a good bit, or Kurt and Jeannie, uh, uh, he's done a lot of coaching with them. He came here with 400 jumps and goes, I want to do 270s on the pond. And they told me, uh, get coaching from you, which (laughs) I'm guessing somebody from the DZ said that or, or whoever. And. I asked the kid with 400 jumps, like, what what, what, what have you done? Because in my mind, I'm like, you're a fucking idiot, bro. Get, get fu- blow yeah. chunks, man. Uh, yeah. But like, yo, what do you know? And he gave me all great answers. He's been training with Kurt and Jeannie and Greg Windmiller and, and his concerns and his approaches. And I'm like, man, you know, I, I like what I'm hearing. I'd like to see you do what you're doing for a couple of days. So, you know, it's your first day here. Why don't you just land up front where you should normally land? Um, just get used to the area, and then if you want to take some over by the pond, just so we can see your approaches in the area, let's talk. And immediately, I was like, I'll work with this dude. Yeah. I'll work with him. And it's because at a young age, somebody said, I'll, you want to learn to swoop? This is how we're going to do it. So um, hopefully more of those people, I, I think you can find a groove there. And, man, it's taking somebody like Frank Chance. You know Frank? Mm, I don't recognize the name. Man, you know Frank. Um, yeah, taking somebody like him who was super interested in it from the beginning and actually using all those phases and steps, it was so much fun. Yeah. And also coaching him now is very easy. It's like land. I feel like a therapist. How does that make you yeah, feel? Yeah. And what do you think your response should be next time? Yep. And how will you accomplish that? What, what was the thought process <laughs> leading up to this? Yeah. It's so fun to coach him because he's such he's such a solid dude on it, man. Um, why I, I we've kind of already uh, talked about why make the transition. It's more fun. It's what you want to do. But why do you enjoy free fly coaching more than anything else? It's just sharing the knowledge and and being there for people's aha moments. It's kind of what what brings that excitement and joy for me. It's like whenever somebody's working so hard on something and then you finally get them to click and they're like, ah, and you can see that mid free fall. That's, that's so much fun. So when you're looking for somebody, there's no blanket statement. You know, there are guys with five, 200 jumps in the sport and one year who I probably would trust to do tandems more than somebody with 10 years on the sport and 3000 jumps. Yeah. Numbers don't define everything. Exactly. Um, but in general, what kind of qualifications, what kind of numbers are you looking for before somebody would start free flying? I, I'm, I'm coming to you. I'm a new jumper, bro. I want to, I want to get vertical and fly with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, realistically you should, you should have a couple hundred jumps before you start free flying because there's so many of the fundamentals that you need on just belly flying and even back flying that people just like, I don't want to do that. I want to just go straight to vertical. And it's like, yeah, but the fundamentals are need need to be there to so that you can learn that more effectively. 
uh, especially back flying. So many people are like, oh, I'm, re- I'm really good at belly. I just want to start sit flying. It's like, well, have you worked on your back back flying at all? No. Why would I want to back fly? It's like, well, because when you don't do sit flying, you go have, you have to go to your back. You can't go to your belly because now you're killing your friends because you're slowing down too much. So you have to be able to be stable and fly good on your back before you even consider sit flying. And a lot of people, they don't want to do that. They're like, I don't want, I don't like back flying. It, it's, it's weird. That's not the cool videos I've seen on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> but they backfly their sit exits just saying. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> nailed that backfly exit. Oh, sit flying. Oh, no, you weren't. You were, you, you were, were sitting flying. in the airplane and then you went back flying and you were belly flying you were in this burble. I, I think another thing that really like kind of boggles my mind <laughs> is the lack of knowledge of relative wind. A lot of people don't understand the concept of relative wind and like when they're in the airplane, where is the wind coming from? Like it's coming horizontally, not vertically. So when you leave the airplane, they always want to go straight vertical. And it's like, well, that's that's you need to fly with the wind and then let it naturally arc. But yeah, that's hard. It's I've always liked using the words enter a skydive um, for somebody who doesn't connect that statement. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, like, yo, man, you just stop leaving the airplane and like literally enter the wind. You need to enter a skydive. Like, yeah. Look at where it's coming from and go into that. Um, and still people are dumb, but it, it, it helped me a lot. And man, I know when I get into tense moments, for example, I don't free fly enough at all ever. Uh, so when I go to make a jump, I, I get nervous about the eggs. I get nervous about whatever. And I just like, yo, man, where's the one coming from? Yeah. Just like hop onto it, dude. It's, yeah. if I'm, it's a set exit. Like just sit on that shit. You'll sit be fine. It, yeah. It's uh, being okay with being at exact. this angle out of the door versus thinking that you need to be here out of the door. It, I don't, I think there's a disconnect for people. Yeah. So we've got a decent established number for me. We know I'm going to be okay. There's something you want to work on. What, where would you start me? And I'm not going to do any tunnel time. I just can't afford the tunnel time. I'd rather be in the sky. Yeah, I would start with back and then back back to sit transitions. Okay. And when you take somebody out on their back the first time, how are you going to I do? harness hold just like AFF style. Yeah. You're, you're going to be an AFF student on your back, basically. Man, I've seen so many friends go out and try to teach their friends to back fly, and they just sit there and... and chase their friend yeah. on their back yeah no you gotta you gotta anchor yourself so that they know what they're doing because if you're following them they're like i flew that stable and i was like no it's chasing you around the whole time and yeah, you need to be able to give them hand signals that they can see adjust yep. their body position put yep. them where they belong um and and a lot of people don't like the idea of going back to being a student again not realizing that that's what you're doing when you're getting coaching you're being a student again it's like you have to ad- admit that you don't know something so that you can learn that something Man, if you can have the ability to let somebody just hold you still, like, yo, bro, let me just hold you here so you can feel what's going on, that value alone, like, it's, I've watched students on AFF where I'm holding on to them, and they're doing shit, I'm like, just okay, no, and that's what I'm thinking, but I'm going like, they're just feeling it out, they're just settling, man, okay, and I've watched students push onto the wind, I'm like, you actually listen to the training, what the fuck's wrong with you? (laughs) Man, it is experienced jumpers, if you could realize that experience, like Chris is going to hold on to you and let you feel it so then you can understand it. Otherwise, you're going to be going, what the fuck's going on? I'm unstable yep. while I'm trying to feel this. Sounds like a sex hack, man. Uh, I'm getting more into this. It is. It's basically a sex yeah. hack. Uh, what are you looking for to uh, transition them from sit to uh, back to... So you want to do back to sit transitions next, right? Yeah. What, what tells you they're ready for that? 
uh, how stable they can maintain on their back. Like if they can't hold a heading on their back, they're not ready to transition because it, they, the last thing they want to do is be spinning while they're trying to rock up into a sit and then skyrocket across the sky. Into jump run, pass other through jumpers. other jumpers, yeah. Into Nick Lot, yeah. Mm. Don't run into my friends. How many times have you had a solo free fly open on the other side of you from oh, when they left the airplane? So I, as a tandem instructor, I've watched people go underneath me and end up on the other side of me. It's like you are nowhere near where you're supposed to be right now. Doing weekday AFF courses, I saw it all the time. The opposite direction, we go out as a three-way, four-way belly and a two-way free fly behind us would open like, dude, there's more distance <laughs> between me and you that way than me and the group that exit <laughs> behind you the other way, bro. Like this is yeah, like angles. Well, they weren't even a thing yet. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. That's, that's what really scares me when people are like, I'm going to go solo free fly. And it's like, you mean you're going to go solo angle across the sky? Cause that's, you have no reference point of what's going on. Yeah. Mm. I it, know that I'm facing the right direction. Are you though? Cause you you went right up jump run. So how, when you go sit to back, uh, back to sit, Yeah, are you putting them from back to sit and seeing how long they hold it there, or are you just getting them to transition a little bit? Rocking, rocking. like a rocking chair, yeah. And, and how many jumps would somebody typically do? Everybody's different. Before yeah, they... it's such a hard hard thing to say on jump numbers because some people will get it instantly. they got that natural talent, and some people will just struggle, overthink it. So it's it's definitely one of those difficult subjects on timing and jump numbers it's like you're almost there but you need like 12 more jumps or you nailed it let's can progress and work on the next level it's the one orientation that i never got good at any of them but that i that from the beginning i could just get into like Mm -hmm. me getting into a sit was like oh you just do a, a front flip, but you stop most of the way through and you just sit on the sky. Yeah. I can do that. I was 23 and really dumb. <laughs> um, like, imagine how dumb I am now, but dumber. Yeah. And so it was... And that's tough. It, it's, it, dude, it's, <laughs> it's not hard. It's not. Um, <laughs> I'm dumb. I love you. I'm sorry. No, it's not because I'm 48. I just said that to make it people laugh. It doesn't get hard anymore. It's sad. It makes me <laughs> cry, man. Um <laughs> <laughs> now I'm stuck on my limp weenie and limp I forgot it was yeah yeah I mean I had I down. had over a thousand jumps before I started free flying and I, th- I think like letting people know it's okay to have 900 belly jumps before you start yeah, working it's, on it's okay to be a good belly fly it's it's and it's a <laughs> lot of fun if you're doing it right like there's a lot of belly jumps out there that are just like chaos and I don't I, I wouldn't go on them because I don't like wasting my money on those skydives but a well-organized belly skydive is, to me, almost more worth it than a semi-organized free fly skydive because you can crank out mm-hmm. points, you can build the formations. Even if it's a one-point skydive, if it's well-designed, it's so much more fun. It's a lot less scary. Yeah. Like a, a less successful belly jump is, man, you don't have people corking past you. You right. don't, you know, the person that... Uh, you lost on the exit. Yeah. They're going to be there. a lot closer than the person that <laughs> got lost on the exit on, on the free fly jump. Yeah. It's like, man, I, I, I'm glad that we have kind of a similar thought about it of, you know, when someone asks about free flying, my first question is, well, what's the biggest uh, successful belly jump you've been on? And when they say, oh, I did a three-way once, it's like, okay, great. Let's do like 50 more of those. And when you can uh, leave in the base, leave as a diver, leave as a floater, confidently get to your slot, fly your slot, break off. Be aware of how many people are on the jump and uh, 
you have all of that as a skill and not just as a, it happened on one jump, right? Then, man, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about free flying. Let's yeah. start to translate this language that you now speak that is belly flying yep. into something else. Those those basic fundamentals all transfer over. And one of my least favorite comments is every skydiving's on my belly. It's like, yeah, don't be that guy. That's what they mean to say they have belly experience. Yeah, yeah. Man, the ripping like going on a belly jump with, with good belly flyers is a ton of fun. Ah, it's so much fun. Yeah. I enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoy it. As they much, last forever. They feel like they <laughs> last forever. I'm like, man, I'm still on this skydive. This is awesome. It's like 15 extra seconds. It, free fall, man. Sol- Take it. it. Yeah. Man, I want to. Uh, one of my goals jumping is I want to get with Valerie and two other people and go do some good four-way yeah it would be really fun to do some high level four-way and i don't need anybody who's great like I, it, it, awesome if like arizona airspeed wants to go turn points around us and make us look cool that would be fun too yeah but just anybody who could fly at a reasonably high level we're not going to be competitive it would just be fun to crank points yeah it's i i i've done i've done some four-way with some super high level guys and it was like holy shit if i knew this what belly flying was about i, I might have been a belly flyer yeah I hated four-way until I found out there was a difference between just doing four-ways and four-way. Yeah. Man, it's it's it can be intense. It's, it can be crazy. It's a lot of fun whenever you turn like 20 points on one skydive and you're just like nailing it. Yeah. It's tons of fun. Have you ever gone out on a serious four-way jump and tried to crank some points out? Not with people who are of the caliber to really get after it. Like I would love to, to you know, let's take a, any any team that's been competitive at all, a team that just knows each other and they fly well together, and switch out for any any person Man. on that team. I think that'd be a lot of fun, but I have not had the opportunity to do that. I grew up spoiled because I had like people like Larry Henderson, Kate Cooper, all those guys. I learned a lot from those those big names, and it's just like my fifth jump was a five way, so it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was like two tandems. Two AFF style skydives and then a five way. We turned like six points. <laughs> it was amazing. That's yeah, that's very spoiled. That's yeah, hundred awesome. percent spoiled. But yeah. So for how many jumps? You said you had a thousand jumps before you started free flying. I had just over nine hundred jumps, just under a thousand jumps when I started like free flying. And this is before the wind tunnel was a thing. This, right? Yeah, the wind tunnel wasn't a thing. That I learned how to fr- free fly one jump at a time and out of a one eighty two. So it was like. <laughs> 20 Three quarters seconds. of a jump at a time. Yeah, it's like 15 to 20 seconds of free fall. So it was very difficult to learn. It was a slow process, but I stuck with it. Sit flying, I nailed sit flying real quick. Like, mediocre sit flying. Not, mm-hmm. I, I was probably moving around more than I should have been, but I, I could get it, and I understood the concept of it. But I struggled learning head down. I had, I was probably... 1500 2000 jumps before I had like stuck a head down and that was just I could I could fly head down but I can't move don't move me cuz I will court Don't <laughs> touch yeah. just like that's me. me I'm I'm here you guys fly around me I want to look cool though so just just fly around me and make me look cool well, there are still Can people like that today. <laughs> yeah. One that I think of in particular. Did, were you flying like the old school way too? Like oh, 100% delivering pizzas. I'm delivering yeah. these. I'm Lots delivering of drag, the shit out of like these pizzas. Slow, pizzas. Just bit as, slow, as slow as you can go. Hell yeah. What you did, needed it. You needed the extra free fall. So True. now it's like, just yeah. go fast. Be fast. But back then it was like, I need to fall slow so I have more time. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So I never really thought about it in terms of time. But that makes a lot of sense, yeah. especially when you're jumping from those 182s. Yeah. 
When did that start to evolve for you when you started flying in, uh, you know, shelf Daffy or any non-pizza positions? When I started working for iFly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> had to teach myself head down in the tunnel. Was There's it, walls. Was it hard to break that habit? It was too? very difficult to break the habit. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, ah, this is what I know. And don't, don't do that. You're, you're taking up too much space. Yeah. I, I'm really glad this part of the conversation's come up because it's an even bigger reason to not go and free fly by yourself when the experienced people would tell you that you're not you ready to, to learn that stuff? Yeah. Is you're going to go find some super wrong, but what feels comfortable to you body position, yep. and then you're going to have to get a job as a tunnel instructor <laughs> to fucking sort your life <laughs> yep, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to develop so many bad habits, and bad habits are so hard to break because you revert back to what you think you know, and what we often think we know is wrong. It's terrible. It's garbage. So uh, get a job as a tunnel instructor. That's what you're telling everybody? Yeah, but not at iFly. How how did did you come in at the tail end of when it was good? So I came in, yeah, it was it was still good whenever I started working there. We still got like good staff time. We could fly pretty much as much as we wanted as long as we were writing it down and, and like logging it. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after is whenever everything started changing. They got new investors and they were like treating it more as a ride than a business and I no think. more training yeah training went out the window i was like you guys are <laughs> stupid we you need training like these guys are learning still and they, you're one thing you're wanting them to teach people non-skydivers just first-time flyers how to fly but you're not letting them learn themselves to be able to teach and so carnies oh my goodness 100% carnies and high school carnies it's like every person they were hiring was like right out of high school I felt so old working there and I wasn't even that old when I was working there I was like man how old are you 18 you just out of high school yeah they it seemed like they went from hiring almost exclusively skydivers that wanted to be there to fly to hiring so just to the what they told me and described to me was the reason they stopped hiring skydivers is because skydivers always wanted off the busy season because they wanted to go to the boogies. So they needed people that didn't care about those things, so they started hiring non-skydivers and then just training them and found that the non-skydivers were performing the job at an okay level as the skydivers were you know, above and beyond because we already had the, the, the flight skills in the, in the air, so it, it helped. But... There's a lot of tunnel-specific flying and movement that that doesn't translate in the sky, and it's completely different. It's a different world. So there's definitely a lot of walking aspect in the tunnel that you really need to focus and work on whenever you're trying to be an instructor in the tunnel mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people overlook or don't even comprehend. It's the shoe magnets that make all the difference. The right? shoe magnets, exactly. <laughs> the, the, the net is magnetic, and we turn it off when we go to do our demo. Sorry, yeah. we're, we're totally kidding for anyone who... <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I always thought it was magnet. Yeah. That's why the well, cable is. Do- you're as dumb as the rest of them, then it's that's great. Why it's, that's why the cable, the mesh you, is metal. You, you know what's so funny? Sitting at iFly and hearing these types of conversations from, you know, first timers yeah. or less, someone who's just there with a the first timer yeah. who hasn't even flown, who's telling the person with what's them like happening? they fucking know anything. Yeah, I love it. Man, it's so hard for me to. Just let it. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say, well, well, actually, sir, what's happening is he's presenting less of his body to yeah. the, to the wind. wind resistance. Yeah. And, and then I go, what What does it matter? Because this same conversation is happening at 50 different tunnels 100, between yep. 100 other fucking idiots. And they and know what I, they're talking about. Yeah, fine. Let, let them do it. That's when 100%. you say, yo, do they have go-go gadget shoes? If you watch, he clicks his heels just right when he walks out to disengage them. I've got little gnomes on the bottom of my shoe that hold on to the neck <laughs> for me. <laughs> mm, that's nice. The yeah. gnome upgrade. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hell yeah. They're my personal servants. I pay them, so it's not slavery. Your your sister's like the size of a gnome. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah she gets the left foot, I get the right foot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's how I've been building my tunnel time, dog. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the bottom Chris Brewer shoes. Oh, oh my it. god. I love it. What what do you think would make you consider working for a wind tunnel again? Mm, man, I would work for the tunnel if if they didn't have the bureaucracy that they have going on right now. Like if I got unlimited flight time like I used to, I would go I would work at the tunnel again. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it because I got to share the flight experience with all ages and that mm-hmm. was the coolest thing is seeing a 3-year-old just shred in the tunnel it's like man this kid has no idea that he's Share, sharing the dream of flight with everyone yeah i think that's a trademark phrase for them it, it basically was but i it's, mean it sounds cheesy but i, I totally agree that, and i believe that that comes from a genuine place when i remember before the tunnel existed like my thought process was like man i really wish because i got to do it as a kid i really wish that i could allow and introduce this to other kids because man for a child to do, it's just they, they pick it up so fast and learn it so fast. It's just like it's the coolest thing seeing a kid free fly in the tunnel. It's just it's it because you don't see that in skydiving. It's you have to be eighteen, so it's all adults. Whenever you're seeing somebody like on video free flying, it's like yeah, it's a, it's a grown ass man that learned how to do that. And then you see this six year old shredding in the tunnel. It's just doing stupid stuff like i would never be able to do that because i'm not flexible enough every competition i've ever been to every tunnel competition the most entertaining thing for me to watch is kids freestyle yeah because they just got this big dome on their head because the helmets are so (laughs) big it's just like look like sperm flying around how how like talented some of these kids are it's like man i wish i had that i wish i had the tunnel to start when i I, was young i've got the big head i just don't have the talent (laughs) it's been really cool to watch a lot of these like younger tunnel girls who are getting into skydiving now as a regular sport. Yeah. Uh, even some of the younger guys are also breaking through that loop, like uh, Kyra Poe mm-hmm. and uh, what's Maya's name? Maya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watching where some of these kids are and, and what they're able to do in the sky. And it's, I think it's going to be more interesting because um, I believe Maya might be getting into wingsuiting and to watch somebody who has such extensive amount of time in flying, who's reached such a high level freestyle mm-hmm. And just such a beautiful ability to fly. How does that transition into a completely different discipline work for her? I mean, you got the wingsuit tunnel now, so you get that training. Yeah, dude. Spoiled. Man, I really, I I had a chance to visit the wingsuit tunnel recently, and I wasn't able to take the time to go. And I was super bummed. Rita's there. Rita works there. I've heard that the new wingsuit tunnel design will allow non-wingsuits to angle fly in them because it's so, so efficient and fast. That's what I've heard. No shit. Hmm. That sounds so scary. That's what I've heard. And what I, happens the moment that be, you quit being an angle flyer? Man, I don't know, but how exciting would that <laughs> be to fly angle in a tunnel? Because that's like everyone wants to do in the tunnel is like, I want to angle fly. Mm. So you can't. Yeah, you, you can. You, you just have, have to, to do it in a circle. circle. Yeah. yeah, you're going to get dizzy. Well, fun, funny that we mentioned that. So Marlon, who was my lead instructor at the Woodlands was learning to Scott going through the program at the drop zone. So I was his instructor at the drop zone. He was my lead instructor at the tunnel, teaching me how to be a tunnel instructor. And I was teaching him how to be a skydiver. He got to his tracking skydive and he was like, bro, I don't, how do I track? And I was like, man, it's an outface carve in a straight line. 
And he was like, what? And I was like, do the out face carved body position, but go in a straight line. And he did. And dude left me behind. I was like, I can't keep up with you. You're too, you're too tall for me. You just, you're gone. He just understands to fly his body. Yeah. He, he was like, dope. oh, I can do that. And he went into that body position and just took off. And I was just like, cool. Yeah. I can, I'm, I'm right behind you. Great job. I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. Just exactly. Pull, pull, hopefully pull. just pull your parachute because I'm not catching up to you. I like watching Ben Roan when he was here for uh, Live Bigs or whatever it was. <sighs> the Roan brothers, are, they piss me off. Yeah, when they're so talented. They're like out there shredding amongst the most shreddy people with rigs the size of the jumper next to them. Yeah. Like they're wearing a tandem rig for their <laughs> fucking Live Bigs sequentials. Yeah, just, oh, they all solved that problem by downsizing too quickly. Hey, you know what? I got to look cool. <laughs> Small, smaller container looks. Did better. they? Are you really making that accusation? I, yeah, I a little know. bit. They're my friends. I can say it. I, I had no clue, really. So I don't. I don't. Know you know, much. I bet you they've done a lot more skydiving than I'm than I'm aware of. I probably can't. Uh, uh, I'm sure. If, yeah. if you made me guess how many jumps Ben has, I have no idea. But uh, I've I've seen him land a parachute uh, safely a number of times. Yeah. <laughs> I have not. Just because I've never seen him land. Yeah. So, man, watching those guys fly though. I remember driving for some of their camps and when I was working at the Woodlands and it's just like those they're not moving but they're going everywhere in the tunnel I don't understand. Nostril control. It's just <laughs> pinkies man they were they were working those pinkies. You got jet through the through the flares, magnets, yeah. farts. I'm sure they were farting themselves around the tunnel <laughs> the whole time just like Oh dude. Man, that's a good fake <laughs> fart noise. Yeah, that was pretty you good. You were saving that one. I was. <laughs> Wait, who did you just That was me. Uh, second one was me. Yeah, it was Mine was so bad. Did you hear it? (laughs) (laughs) So I I, just throw noises. The first sign I I find in Europe, in Sweden, is that wasn't it. (laughs) 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 I'm such a child. I so I went to Vectorfest, and that is the first sign I see in Sweden. It's it's Uh, (laughs) I'm leaving the fucking rental car, and Oopfart is way out. So (laughs) I just. Stopped uh, at the exit of the rental car, and I had to find my phone. I'm like, oh god, thank god, nobody's behind me. Uh, Whatever awesome. you would have caused a traffic jam for that traffic photo. jam. That I'm is, a tourist. I don't care. I'm taking a photo of this. That's like my second picture in Europe. It's <laughs> a picture of Oopart. Man, that's awesome. I'm an idiot. Well, that's that European culture. I'm glad you found it. Ah, oh, dude, it, it, I did, man. I did. I found culture. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a culture man, dude. Uh, coaching, man, sorry, my brain just, I'm, I'm lost. Coaching, you, you're doing free fly coaching now. Um, also doing tunnel camps. You have one coming up. Tunnel camps coming up. Yeah. I'm, I'm, my goal is to do 10 camps a year to tunnel. Fuck yeah. That's, that's the goal. Is it going to happen? I don't know. A lot is going to ride on whether iFly gets off their ass and lets me start coaching in their corporate tunnels, which I'm working on really hard. I'm sending the emails every week and bugging them. But uh, for now, it's just El Paso. I guess I could do Colorado. The new Colorado tunnel is a franchise tunnel, but I don't know any of the people up there, so I'd, I'd have to work something out. I've heard really good things about El Paso as a tunnel. Yeah, it's I like it. I like it. it's it's the tunnel design that I prefer, just because it's single story and it's fourteen foot. The glass is hundred feet tall, and the owner seems to be very friendly to outside coaching and coaches. Yeah. He's he's super super excited about it and and that's their main business for the most part. They're only open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for first timers. The rest of the week, they're they're doing camps and and courses, and coaching camps. Have you been there yet, Nick? I have not been there. Yeah, I um um, yeah, dude. It's 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 a shame that 
it's hard to get into iFly right now. Yeah. I mean, to points of it, I get. I understand it. Yeah, I understand. But it's at the same time, it's like, I'm not just a, some Joe Schmo that's trying to get on the list. I'm a former trainer. Yeah, what level trainer were you? I was T3, T4 qualified. The only reason I didn't get my T4 sign off is because there was no FITPs going on for me to, to, to have lead. Run. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're the second highest level rating they have, and you're yeah. not qualified to coach. Right. But they've got just Joe Schmo Scott ever that's on the list. I, man, I, I I hear a lot of great things about a lot of these European tunnels and their business models and what they allow people to do. And I love the iFly tunnel design. I love the system. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of friends, and I, I love my friends who work there. Um, and I'm glad a lot of them can take advantage for what they get. Yeah. I wish the business model would shift. I don't think there's anything wrong with the way they're running it. But for the style of tunnel I want to support, I don't like it. It's not yeah. for me. You know, we did talk uh, earlier about America being a Sioux happy type of place. And, right. I, and I think that that has a very unfortunate impact on how they're forced to, to run things that, uh, you know, their company was not in a good place for quite a while. The bank owned them after the investors that you talked about swooped in. Yep. And I think that the future of the company was pretty uncertain. And I don't think they, I really don't think they could have survived another, uh, you know, multi-million dollar lawsuit. I think they, they just wouldn't. Yeah. Have but they did out. it to themselves. Like we, as a senior instructor, and trainer with them, we called it whenever they started treating us like garbage, and a lot of the 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 experience was leaving. The ones of us that stayed later were like, "You guys are pushing out your talent. You're pushing out your experience. You're going to be left with low level instructors. You're going to end up having some bad issues. You're going to have some some injuries that are going to cause the company a lot of money if you keep pushing all of the talent and the experience out." And sure enough, once they had that mass exodus of all of the the senior level instructors and they were left with all lower level instructors. It's whenever they started having all the incidents and incident reports and injuries and stuff. And they did it to themselves. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that perspective until just now. Yeah. But uh, that does make sense that you're going to, you're going to have a hard time creating quality instructors when all of the good ones have left. Yeah. And what you're saying is, is definitely very valid, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they're requiring any outside coaches to come with a level of insurance. Now. Liability insurance, yeah. It's yeah. like a million-dollar policy or something like that. So, I mean, it's definitely I, – I can think of a few instances of outside coaches, and iFlies probably think of the same ones, uh, where, like, man, how did, did that it, happen? How yeah. did that person lose part of their face? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> – I know why. I know how it happened. So I knows how it happened. It's <laughs> thank you. So the company decided to shift all their training, <laughs> no, uh, their instructors to to prevention. We're going to prevent anything from happening, and they stopped teaching how to handle the situation once it happens. So our argument was like, cool, prevention is important. We definitely want to prevent something, but you also need to teach your instructors how to handle. A, a situation if they find themselves in, if they miss the prevention like well don't miss the prevention just prevent it from happening it's like cool but what if it happens you know you you have to have the knowledge to be able to handle the situation and that was the issue is their instructors that were working at the time learned the only prevention and when they missed that prevention it turned into a bad spot now they don't know how to handle the bad spot so they're just like i don't know what to do and they improvise the best they can but they're not trained how to handle it so they miss it and then Injuries happen. People's faces go missing. <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> the uh, there's examiners out there in this in, in skydiving, outdoor skydiving, who feel kind of the same way. Uh, did you just say outdoor skydiving? I did. Traditional, uh, traditional yeah. skydiving. Yeah, traditional skydiving. It is late. You're right. Um, dude, I, I have to use those words in some of my jobs now. No, it's, I get, I, it's, it's, it's horrible. to differentiate. Yeah, yeah I'm, man. I'm mostly just having fun. I get that you have to. Oh, dude, it's, it's, yeah, it, 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 I hate it. I absolutely, every time I write or say it, I'm just like, this is a stupid word. Um, who uh, will say it's about training the students, about training the student, and they will never push their candidates to the point of failure, to that point yeah. of Got to know where the limit is. I, I like to think as an examiner, I'm fairly rough. I made sure you could deal with bullshit. We also talked very heavily about training. Yeah. You've got to do both, man. It's no matter how perfect an instructor is, we all have bad days and you got to be ready for shit hitting the fan. Yeah. You got to be ready for those people to spin like tops and knock themselves unconscious. I can break dance in free fall. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen it personally. Mm, yes. Yes, you can. You're He's, very, you're a very good bad student. Uh, it's natural. <laughs> it's natural. Nick's going to go practice with me next. Uh, so he needs it. I'm going to be the bad student while he's busy doing his recurrency jump. Yeah. Yes. See if he's still got it. That works. Uh, I, I got a great plan for my recurrency jump. You want to share it with me? Or are, are you going to Keith surprise? Richardson it and just like do it all free flying? No, no, I want to pass. Okay. <laughs> um, dude, that, man, that was so much fun doing that with Heath. Yeah. You were there. I think yeah. it was so, it was so much fun. Um, no, man, I think it's, it's going to dominantly be on my belly and then, and maybe free flying, but it's, it's, I'm going to do all the like actual proper maneuvers, but we're going to do a bunch of shit in between it all. Yeah. We're going to turn points. That's it. Fuck you. We're going to turn points. Maybe verbal hops, maybe flipping each other. I don't know. Yeah. Fruit loops. Yeah. Not, not, not a complete design. I just, I just want to go out and fly. And then after that, I want to go out and just fly again without a plan. You know, I'm still uh, working on finishing the last couple of uh, STP dive flow tutorials. I've heard of them. And <laughs> I was going through some footage and saw the last footage or the, the footage of the last jump that we did together where you were, uh, it, it may have been a recurrency jump for you then <laughs> where you were my, uh, it was like a mock AFF jump. I don't remember. Uh, well, you were wearing a very beautiful uh, infinity that I've only seen you wear a couple of times. I think like five. Your blue one? No, I've actually worn it like 12-ish because I did, I did two short, two two-day stints with it. Well, it was one of those jumps and... Uh, Man, it was a lot of fun, even to just have you pretend to be my bad student in uh, in a, a mock AFF jump. I don't remember this at all. This is awesome. I don't remember any of this. Yeah, I didn't do great. Uh. You backslide <laughs> like a motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, dude, I can. It's one of my favorite things is people will tell me I don't understand how you increase fall rate so quick and you don't show it. Like I, my ability to move with subtle movements or giant movements and. And, and as a student, is very good. It's I'm super uh, practiced at it. You're yeah. also incredibly responsive to hand signals, <laughs> super <laughs> fast. Yeah, yeah, because I'm probably sick of doing what I want to do, and I want to find another way to fuck with you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it seems yeah. about right. So one of the purposes is is to teach you that hand signals are valuable and to use them. The other reason is is you're chasing your ass off at me. I'm going mock backwards and you're coming mock Jesus to me. And when you give me legs out, I am going to reverse energy instantly. To and, make you stop. And we're going to see how you handle that. Yeah. Because that really, you could see how, what? <laughs> there went Nick going the other yep. way. He's in another unit. Bye. So the purpose is not just to get you to respect the value of a hand signal, but to actually see if it fucks you, if you fuck yourself. Yeah. Are you going to read this move? Are you going to actually react to your own hand signal? So and it's fun. It's just fun. So I will uh I will say of all the things I did as a rated person, the one I will miss the most is being an AFF examiner. It is 
by far the one I will miss the most. The rest of it, eh, I don't care. I mean, I, I do, but yeah. I, I you you you've seen me in AFF courses. I I enjoy the shit out of them. So, and it's not just the flailing like an idiot. Um, I've trained you. I think it's it's the training process. Yeah. It is it is such a intense and overall stressful environment that I I like to think we make a positive stress. We 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 work you through it. We don't fuck your brain out. Yeah. It's some examiners think, and, and I'm so happy. I believe Chris Vidal has followed these footsteps. But some examiners think you really have to stress somebody out and push them and push them because the student's going to stress them out. And I'm like, well, if a student's going to stress them out, why do I have to push them and push them? Why not give them good memories of stress? Yeah. So when they see the student acting like a complete ass, they they're like, <laughs> he's DJ. Holy yeah. shit. And I've had so many people tell me that story. Like, oh, my God, that experience, that thing. So, man, it's a... Uh, I, we didn't get to half of what I really wanted to hope to talk to you about. And that's always the best thing to be able to say to a guest. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. We're going to turn a pumpkin soon. Ooh, my yeah. wife is home and she's going to beat me dead. Cause I haven't been home for too long. Nice. So, um, guys and gals, if you do listen to the show, uh, and you've made it this far more than once in your life, I promised you guys, I would do more shows on the road. I really lied about that. I had mm. no <laughs> clue what being on the road was going to entail for me. Um, We'll talk about it. We'll share it at some point. The trip to Sweden and Denmark was absolutely phenomenal. But like uh, wake up to leave for the DZ at 8 a.m. and get back to my room at midnight and then do an hour's worth of work and go back to bed and rinse and repeat. There was zero time to, to try to squeeze a show in. So I, I took some recording equipment with me, but I just we didn't have a chance. We tried, actually. Um, I tried to set up a time with two different people, and we all agreed it wasn't. One of them was Anna, Anna Moxness. Mm, um, she's great. Oh, God, that woman is absolutely entertaining. And then uh, I don't know if you know the Torah Torah boys, but uh, I th- Jasper, Jasper. Mm. I, call, I would call him Jasper, but when everybody says Jasper, I'm like, I just feel like an idiot if I don't say it the way you do. Yeah. So uh, Jasper, we, we tried to arrange something, but we need to talk because we're going to do an LB Live with him sometime soon. Okay. Yeah, the Tour World Boys, they're doing something cool and they would just want to share it, share it to the LB crowd. So Sounds perfect. Yeah. Uh, man, if people want to get coaching with you, I'm going to throw out one of the ways to contact you, and it's coaching at gravitylabproject.com. Um, anyway, you know how to get know how to get a Gravity Lab or the Rating Center, hit us up, and we'll get you in touch with Chris. We'll get you set up. Otherwise, you can look for Crispy Killing It at Twitch. Dot, <laughs> Not dot, Twitch. No, no, no. It's no. What is Crispy it? OnlyFans. It on I have an OnlyFans, but it's Velocity. <laughs> do you have an OnlyFans? I have an OnlyFans. I was so kidding. What do you do on OnlyFans? Not currently anything. I just it was it was kind Hot of hot tub like streams. A, Did it make you any money? No, not yet. I haven't. I've got like two videos Dude, on there. I will. Go, and I don't. I don't know what I wanted to use it for. <laughs> I was gonna use it for like how to videos with skydiving, but hot I haven't really done anything to it. Thinking about hot tub streams? Hot tub streams. Maybe like... You know Amaranth is from Houston? I do know hot that. Hot tub stream? She pays her assistant six figures I would year. not be shocked, man. Uh, that fucking little freak is making money She's off making being What's a hot tub stream? She, she just sits in a hot tub and <laughs> streams be, yeah. on Twitch and like just con- converses with her stream while sitting in a bikini in a hot He's, tub okay. in her bedroom. Like she's got a hot tub, blow up hot tub in her bedroom. And she, this is Dude, like I have a bedroom. I'm halfway there. There's a lot of people who do hot tub streams. Dude, she, None she, of them she has like 25,000 people that'll watch her sleep. <laughs> Dude, she gets paid to sleep. She has sold bath water for like ridiculous figures of money. Uh, like this. Are there any guys making a living doing this shit? No, they're playing video I mean, games. Guys, all, most of the guy streamers are video games yeah. or or like chatting stuff, music or, or like. 
uh, reviews like or watching other people's reaction re- yeah. reaction yeah. reviews yeah. and MBK. stuff like that. Man, I'm but. so close to pulling the trigger on a new computer, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Cool, man. Um, how do they get a hold of you on Facebook, Instagram? Facebook, Christopher Brewer on Facebook. Instagram's Crispy Killing It. Man, if you don't know how, you know Ivy, you know any of yeah, us, we'll get me. you in touch I'm with sure them. You know me. We'll get you set up. Um, Chris is offering coaching weekday weekends. I'll tell you weekends we're looking for groups to be coaching. Um, I, I I'll be honest because we work together. Chris needs to still make a living, so him doing tandems on a Saturday can be lucrative, but really our goal is to get him doing more and more coaching. So if you got two people who want to get together and get some coaching, uh, it's a time of year that I think even one person would be very appealing. So yeah. if you're interested, hit us up. Alex is doing the same thing. Uh, Alex is a, is a bit behind where you, you're at. He's doing a little bit more of the weekday stuff. But, man, in the next two to three years, watch out for these boys because yeah. I think in a few years, you and DQ with the canopy stuff and both of you with the, the free fall yeah. free fly stuff. Take over the take over the system. We're slowly. It's like we're, TRC we're guys. We're gonna rig the system. We slowly grew. You never saw it coming. Yeah. We. I mean, you watched it grow. It was out of nowhere, right? Yep. Man, guys, just keep watching. These boys are gonna fucking crush it. Mr. P. That's it. Get fucked. You. Yeah. Chris Brewer. All day. All day. Hit that funky music, white boy. Yeah. Or is it hit that white boy funky music? Uh, I'm confused, whatever. man. It's all the same. But, uh, yo, guys and gals, um, I do need to get the flyer out. I do need to get the brochure out. It is November. I forget the date, 15th, 12th, something like that. It is the first Saturday after time change. First Saturday after time change is the Gravity Lab Film Festival. Uh, I am throwing down if there are 12 legitimate entries. We are the judge if they're legitimate entries or not. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, we've always had at least 12, so it's not a high ante. I am throwing $500 to the winner on top of the other prizes we get. So 500 bucks. I'm throwing out a bounty. Bring your fucking videos. I don't believe you guys can do it. Fucking pussies. Full send. You bitch. All right. Peace out. Pussies. 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 Two pussies. Uh, That's right. (laughs) Still on. Is this this thing still on? Ooh.